My name is Tyler Fornis, and I am one of the co-hosts of the Good, the Bad, and the Hungi AEW podcast here on the Voice of Wrestling Podcasting Network. We take a broad scope approach to the world of all elite wrestling and the entire universe of Tony Khan. We talk about the big matches, the big stars, the promos, the storylines. And we also look at it from a big picture perspective. How are things going to change over the course of the next 10 years with AEW still in the picture? How are companies like WWE going to adapt and adjust to AEW? Are they going to be a similar way like they did with WCW in the late 1990s? Will there be a counterpunch? We talk about all of that and more on the good, the bad, and the hungry every week on the Voices of Wrestling Network. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Uh, 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 uh. Competition starting to get thick, it's the click, so I hope you watch your A-game. A-main, no rain from the track when we unite and spit. This is an A-game, better bring your A-game. A-game. Competition starting to get thick, it's the click, so I hope you watch your A-game. A-main, no rain from the track when we Hey now, it's the Mike and JD Show, and I'm your host, Mike Gilbert, and I'm joined as always by JD by God Oliva. How you doing, JD? Dude, I'm in, I'm in a really good mood today. So I, I had my final for my grad school course, turned that in. I feel decent about it. You know, I feel as good as I can. We had a wrestling meet today. The kids stepped up. We had all pins. Nice. And the entire team, most of them were in the first period. It was awesome. We had my broadcast program out there covering it, and I they did not have any teachers with them tonight, so the kids were flying solo. And from what I'm told, they nailed it. So I'm in a I'm in a fantastic mood. And you, you son of a bitch, are gonna make me talk about pro wrestling and be miserable for the next <laughs> hour. So thanks. Uh. How could you be miserable? There's so much stuff going on. It could potentially end up being depressing, but I don't think we're there yet. I, I think I think we're I think we're okay. I you know I don't think the sky is falling just yet, and we'll we'll uh, we'll get into that here in a sec. But uh, I think the problem is is people have like these this. And I don't I don't like making light of the term PTSD, especially when I'm on the the horn here with a veteran. But that's you know the closest thing I can relate it to with some of these yeah. fans where they're like. Those this they're chicken little basically right. The sky is falling. Everything is awful. Nothing is going to work, and I'm yeah. one of them. So, uh, dude, yeah, you're literally you're talking about me right now. That's exactly who you're talking about. I uh I and I told and I told you earlier in our group chat. I was like, I'm having flashbacks of 2001, uh, with all the news that's going on. So let's 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 get into it. Um, we'll go ahead and start the show off hot. Yeah, John Muse. It's not 2001. I man, we we could be at 2001 in a hurry if things if things go the way they might look like they're going, um, and it's it's a bit sketchy. So, um, WWE and Warner Brothers Discovery are currently in negotiations to bring Raw to one of the WBD networks. They had a meeting yesterday, I guess. Um, Dave Dave Meltzer uh, reported, and I believe so did Mike Johnson. I want to make sure I get the the names right, but I have the Dave Meltzer report up here. This says. Um, Mark Shapiro, along with Nick Khan and Paul Levesque, um, had a meeting with WBD on, on Monday morning. One report they had was that Punk was a major part of the pitch with the idea that he'd be a regular on the Raw brand. The report that included pushing his merchandise sales and social media views along with uh, his ratings. 
Um, it said that um, obviously the situation is back wide open. This greatly, greatly affects AEW, which has also been in talks with Warner Brothers on a number of deals besides just television rights renewals, including potential streaming. Uh, WBD gets a cut of AEW streaming pay-per-view buys through Bleacher Report. Um, yeah, so basically this whole thing was apparently dead back in October and um, WWE signing CM Punk has kicked that door wide open and they are actively in negotiations to bring uh, to bring WWE raw to, to one of the Warner properties. Where do we want to tackle this? Um, you're, I, JD, you're muted. I am. I'm not. Can you hear me? Hang on. Yeah, hold on. Let me try. Oh, I can't. I can't unmute you. Oh, wait. Apparently, it's go. apparently it's me. Oh, you muted me, you son of a bitch. Um, I'm back. <laughs> just, just I go. Can hear it. All right, whatever. So, uh, welcome to the Mike and JD show, where uh, we're idiots. So, there's two ways we can look at this, right? There's the pragmatic way. And there's the Doom poster. And I'm gonna I'm going to try to be pragmatic at first. Um, Punk delivered some good ratings for WWE, right? So far. However, I will say they aren't blow away, right? Dave, Dave tempered everybody. He's like, he, he brought up a good point. He's like, you know what? These weren't the two highest rate, like they were two, they were two NFL games, but they weren't like blow away NFL games, they were like normal NFL games, and punk's quarter delivered. Um I get why Zaslov, because again, we all made a lot of people in our circles made fun of the whole one Bill Phil thing. Maybe, maybe he really did. Maybe that is a reality. Yeah. Um, WWE signed with the CW. They have not asked for exclusivity. UFC is signed with ESPN, as is PFL. They have not asked for exclusivity. We are under the assumption that WWE will either ask for exclusivity. Or Warner will just cancel them outright. Well, that isn't necessarily true, right? The idea is, well, what if, yeah. what if, uh, why would they want two wrestling programs? Well, it's nice to cover your ass in case you lose the NFL or the the NBA. Excuse me, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, now let's be a doom poster. Let's just let's be a doom poster. It's fucking <laughs> over. It's fucking over, man. <laughs> Tony Khan blew it. He started listening to Jimmy Jacobs at the wrong fucking time. And and uh Pat Buck with his dumbass, you know, um Northeast Ultimo uh WWE inspired bullshit and things got ugly at the worst possible time. And you know, Jack Perry had to make a fucking joke. And here we are. That's that's the Doom poster. I don't know. I'm gonna be honest with you, man. I'm uh, just talking about this depresses me because I do have flashbacks to 2001, and this kind of sucks. I mean, we're assuming that WBD is just gonna get it outright. In reality, if they don't, if if WWE were to turn down a higher offer, they would probably have they would probably have issues with their shareholders. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. They're they're not they're not going to take a lesser offer from Warner Brothers just to be petty um, and. And piss off Tony Khan. It doesn't work like that, especially when you're a publicly traded company. Um, that because I would just piss off their shareholders. Like they would legit get sued if that came out that they took They're a lesser deal just to mess with somebody else. Not not sued from AEW, and no. which they could end up but sued by their shareholders. Shareholders which they have lawsuits all the time. That, that absolutely. They're in a lawsuit right now with their shareholders. 
because the, there's the idea that the because remember the merger, no actual money changed hands, right? Like I have this argument, people like, oh, they sold their company for no, they didn't sell anything. No actual, no actual dollars and cents changed hands on the merger. And there's people there that are suing because of that, because there's the because of the rumored Saudi deal was out there, and that would have been better for shareholders theoretically. So. Yeah, if you take a lesser deal, and quite frankly, you don't want to take a lesser deal for WWE because you did. Let's be honest, WWE is so good at spinning the machine. They got canceled this year. <laughs> Their highest rated show got canceled, and no one talks about that. I was well, they're getting more money to go to USA because Fox said we don't want this. Mm-hmm. Fox said we're no, we're done with this in a year. Like they got canceled, and nobody talks about that. Like it's just, it's, it's just the way that that Nick Khan in the, in the media has just like has insulated the media to, to what he thinks we should be talking about is, is staggering. I don't he, know. He really, he really is the best uh, out yeah. there. Honestly, like he, he is probably, he, he's the most valuable hire the WWE's ever made. Like, Oh yeah. And it's not even close. There's not a close second to, you know, I know there's certain wrestlers that made Vince a lot of nobody's made money the way that Nick Khan has made money. No one's worked the media the way that Nick Khan has worked the media. He's got Forbes magazine tweeting out nonsense on his behalf. The once respected like publication for Wall Street, Forbes magazine, just tweeting out nonsense on his behalf. Um, he's got a whole like like bunch of minions that sends emails to all these different like journal like I, journalists in quotations to put out pr on their behalf and they fall for it and sometimes they pass it off as like legitimate stories when really it's just a copy and paste with a minor tweak here and there of a pr spin report that they're just pushing out that's where and that's where those um those damn um the fast nationals like nobody had ever heard of fast nationals before right mm-hmm. until until friday night smackdown and rampage were on at this you know around the same time and next thing you know all of a sudden we're getting fast nationals when we're, when usually we'd get the their friday ratings we wouldn't get those till monday we're getting those saturday morning and it's because he's got his minions pushing them out to journalists pushing these essentially fake numbers out and people that we respect fell for that for a while they they uh, they got talked out of doing it for a while Respect um, is an interesting term, Mike, because I don't respect anyone that did that. I had an argument I, with a former associate of ours who uh, is friends with one of these guys that was pushing this. And I said, this is WWPR bullshit. Why are they doing this? And he said, well, you know, you know, it's news. And then, you know, six months later, I brought it up again. He's like, yeah, that guy had to eat crow because of it and, and, yeah. and admitted what they were doing. And I'm not again, I don't want to name people but if you know mike and hi you know who we're talking about so like and i'm like this is bull-. and i get i i get mad about these things because like if i can see the work why don't you why can't you guys see the work like and that's the thing it's a work they lost yeah. they like they're they the stock tanked the stock tanked when they signed the raw the the smackdown deal they expected yeah. more the investors expected more for nxt right so they mm-hmm. need one they need to hit a big one with this yeah. raw deal they need to hit a big one so we just yeah. we just used to lay Vince does things and I think it's not going to be that here. Yeah. Yeah, if if they if they hit big on this raw deal and it go, and theoretically let's just say that it, it goes will. to TNT. Let's just say that it goes to TNT and they and they hit big. At the same time Warner Brothers decides to not renew their biggest competitor. I mean, that is like a double whammy for WWE right there. Um like that that is the biggest swing. And that's like, 
that's like getting your starting quarterback from your division rival, right? In a, in a trade for nothing, right? Or like they release him. It's like, that's Brett Favre going to the Minnesota Vikings, right? Right. I mean, I know he went to the Jets first, but then he, he comes to the Minnesota Vikings like right after that. It's like, oh, wow, you took your, your, your biggest rivals, you know, quarterback, and now you're, you're taking them to the NFC Championship game. That, that's how big that is. And it faltered after that. Um, it fell apart very, very quickly after that season. So here's the question. If you're Triple H and you're Nick Khan, do you try to put do you try to put AEW out of business? Is that good for your business to be yeah. a monopoly? Because I would argue that it's not, because the reason I'll say to the cows come home, the reason a big reason why WWE is popular now is because they got pushed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, do you think they realize that internally? Or do you think they'd want to stab the knife in the heart of, of AEW and like flood the market with like, I don't, I think it's bad for wrestling. I really do. If w, if something yeah. bad happens to AEW, I think that's terrible. Like I know wrestling fans, cause they're mutant mouth breathing dipshits are, you know, uh, no matter what side you're on, you're like when, when a company dies, you're like, yeah, that's great. Like the, the people that have been predicting AEW's doom from day one are celebrating because they might end up being right about something. And it was really just because the TV rights, it had nothing to do with AEW not performing well, because they're still a very successful company, like yeah. highly, highly successful startup company. They're in what year four coming up on five coming up on right? five, and they're grossing tons of revenue. They're still losing money just because they, they spent more, but once they're banking on this big TV deal coming, if the TV deal doesn't come, it's like, Oh, fuck, you know, we, 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 uh, we made the wrong bet, obviously, but they're, they're betting, they're betting big on this TV deal. That's ultimately going to make them profitable. Um, but yeah, you know, to answer your question, is it, is it a good thing for WWE to put their competition out of business? I think they would see it as good, but I think it would also be the same thing that happened when WCW and ECW went out of business at the same time. Um, their product is going to, is going to start declining because they're not going to be putting in the same amount of effort. Right. And the wrestlers aren't going to be putting in the same amount of effort. And that's really what happened to them. They, 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 they weren't being pushed. And so the product got stale and it got stale very quickly. Right. Um, and people hung on for as long as they could. I was, I hung on for a long time. And then ultimately I was like, once I realized that there were so many other shows that I could watch and still scratch that itch. Um, and it was very accessible. I just started accessing those shows. Um, was and, out. And looking into those, you know what I mean? Like I didn't, um, I didn't leave completely. Now what happens is, is when people leave WWE, a lot of times they just don't look at secondary brands or third tier brands. They just don't watch it all because it's like if, if Coca-Cola goes out of business, you might not want to go drink, you know, you know, Sam's choice cola, right? You're, you know, like that's your favorite soda. You're not going to go pick a different soda. It's, it's kind of, you know, it's funny you mentioned soda because Coke and Pepsi don't want to put the other on a business. They understand that like, they understand how healthy competition is in the marketplace. There was a story a few years ago floating around that Pepsi, that someone, that one of Coke's uh, food engineers came to Pepsi and said, "We have the recipe for Coke." And, Pe- and the Pepsi people called the Coke people and said, "Hey, man, look, you, they told the guy the guy got arrested." Like, wow. that's a true story. And like, because they realized that one, it's bad for business. Two, competition in the marketplace is good. The trains coming through. I'm not going to bother muting this week. Like, I don't. I think this is bad, but I think that I think Triple H is a as a business per, as a wrestler understands that. 
that wrestling is better now than it's been in the last decade because of AEW. TNA never had the financial backing. They never had the power. The reason why they're so unpro- they're still unprofitable is because they pay a bazillion, AEW specifically, they pay a bazillion wrestlers they don't need on roster. There's a, there's way too many people on the roster. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, we talked about it here last week. Um and they had, I think it was reported, I, I might be slightly wrong, but like 140 plus wrestlers on their roster and didn't. And then I, I, man, I wish I had the numbers in front of me, but maybe somebody in the chat knows the number off the top of their head, but they were, they were paying a, just a ridiculous amount annually for talent contracts. Um, John Muse they is can, in the chat. I'm sure he's got those numbers in front of him. Somewhere. Yeah. He's probably, he's probably got the numbers. Um, but you know, I think another big story here and another big part of this is um, and this is something that we've been covering here for weeks and we've talked about it several times before, but Tony Khan's undying loyalty to Warner brothers discovery. And it it appears that he has finally had an awakening (laughs) this week with these meetings taking place on Monday. Um, And I, and you know, I'm going to go back to, I'm going to go back to Meltzer's report here said, Tony Khan has always talked of loyalty to WBD, even saying that in negotiations for his new deal, he would stay with WBD on his next deal, even if another entity offered slightly more money. He also made it clear that after the purchase of Ring of Honor, he would only uh, shop it to WBD stations who didn't bite on it. It was reported by Nick Houseman and confirmed by Tony Khan that CW had expressed interest in Ring of Honor some time back. Khan said that in the past he, that he could legally sell ROH television rights outside of the, the WBD family, but out of loyalty would not do so at the time. Um, what's that loyalty getting him now? Um, and now Dave did earlier in that same report did actually speak of the rumor and that you, that I think that you are a firm believer. in. I think you're all in on this rumor that Warner brothers owns a stake in AEW um, and which, which really affected it. But, um, let's say he doesn't own a stake and that he's just being blind, blindly loyal to, to this entity. And now it's come to bite him in the ass. Really? If the deal, if, they end up going with WWE and not re-signing a deal. Like at this point, nothing's, nothing's official. There's no rumored sale happening. It's just negotiations at this point, but man, that's got to sting a little bit, right? Yeah, it, uh, it has to, um, is Tony Khan this? I, I was thinking about this the other day. Is Tony Khan really this loyal is, or is this a public face? Like I get why a like Warner just Warner Warner gave them the chance in that time that since Dynamite has become a show, the merger happened, right? So like, this is kind of this is it's not the same company that it was, and the problem is you're dealing with David Zaslav, and you don't know what he what he's gonna do because he's made a lot of baffling decisions. He like Steven Spielberg. I think I mentioned this in the show a couple weeks ago. Steven Spielberg led a collection of film people to say stop working with Warner. Just yeah. stop working with Warner because they don't respect what we do. And it's because like David Zaslav's from Discovery, where he just says, like, you know, saying, um, you know, this is we're gonna make shows for booger eaters, you know, and that's not what that's not what they signed up for. So I get why Tony wanted to kind of be loyal. But how do we know he hasn't had talks with people back channel? Like they're in like I don't think Tony's stupid. I know like the Eric Bischoff's of the world and the Vince Russo's, the actual stupid people like to think (laughs) that he's stupid, but I don't know if he is like, I would be very surprised if he hasn't had 
if if people haven't reached out to him because like dynamite oh dynamite's in the mud in the mud dude they've had consistent ratings for the last like two months <laughs> dynamite's doing great <laughs> like it yeah. really is it's like mm-hmm. it's been the bloodletting has stopped it's starting to tick up a little bit actually from where it's been like it's it's now within the rate of cable television it's not like below the rate of, of declining cable tv they had a rough year but they've really kind of curbed it as we've closed out the year so i mean like well, I mean, why wouldn't you want that on your network? Now, who's left? Now, there's plenty of people left. I'm still sure Amazon, Paramount might come talking to them. I don't, to be honest with you, wouldn't surprise me if Fox did. Because think about it. Fox didn't want WWE, but the problem with WWE was they weren't getting back the return on their investment with what they spent. You don't have to spend nearly what Fox spent on WWE to get yeah. AEW on Friday nights. Right? <clears throat> And you'll get half. You'll get half the ratings and pay a quarter of what you paid for, for yeah. SmackDown. You know, I, I think I think FS1 would be interesting. Um, Fox, Fox, um, Big Fox. You know they they didn't renew their UFC deal either, um, and they didn't renew the WWE deal. I don't. I just don't. After that, like back to back, I don't really see them getting back in the combat sports space. However, FS1, you know they, they get. What's that? It's a different company though. Yeah. But I, I just, you know, FS1, um, you know what they typically show like in prime time, like throughout the week, it's reruns of like college football from over the weekend. They, 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 and they got some money, right? They, they have baseball rights. They, they have rights to other big sports. They have rights for college football on the weekends and stuff like that. I think FS1 could be a, a landing spot for any pro wrestling company. I actually like, you know, like was just like in my head on Brace for Impact, you know, t- talking shop about, you know, places that TNA should, you know, that could potentially, you know, wind up. And uh, I was like, FS1, I think FS1 would be, you know, pretty interesting um, there if if something were to happen and they get pushed out of a, of a WBD. Um, but I let's go back to the, the Meltzer well, report real quick. Here's another one. What about what about FX? Because Disney's oh. still in, in discussions for for Raw for yeah. FX. So, I mean, well, so, right? Yeah, right. so right here it says analysts believe that NBCU for USA, Disney, FX, uh, Amazon Prime, and WBD were all potential suitors. So, um, now it does that doesn't mean that one of those places are going to, other than WBD, clearly, that you know, just because they're in the market for raw that doesn't mean they would be mm-hmm. in the market for a secondary brand and a lot of these people just know WWE as the, the, the big brand. However, I I don't think it's unreasonable to think they would like, why not? Why not give them a shot? You pay a fraction of the cost. You probably get, you know, not the same ad rates, but you'll do, you'll do much better. And the, the ratings, you know, the demo rating is probably going to be pretty close. If you bring them over, um, I, I would say, yeah, absolutely. But you know, it's like, again, we're talking about suits here and they like big name brands, right? Um, that's just kind of these type of people. So I, I'd hope that they would actually entertain, you know, AEW. I think AEW would do well on FX if they were to bring that over. We have this idea that suits are stupid, right? And everybody says it. Well, executives are just dumb. Like we always make that assumption. And to be honest, a lot of them aren't like a lot of them are going to do their research. And you look at like AEW, what it does is significantly higher than anything on FS1, pretty much. because It's not like a major college football game or something like that. Higher than anything on FX, higher than anything on most channels, right? The reason why WCW died was they killed it so WWE would buy it. That was on purpose. Yeah. That whole thing was done specifically so they could unload it to Vince. That's what they wanted to do. 
It could have survived somewhere else. They chose for it not to, right? And let's look at another thing. David Headley in the chat has brought this up, and this is something that I mentioned, and, and uh, people, some friends of ours have pushed back at me on this. Um, how much of this is just punk? Just uh, hold on. Which 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 comment here? I'm trying to pull up. Well, he's, oh, he's, oh he's got a bunch of them saying punk is venge the vengeance of punk because like yeah. Sean Ross Sapp pretty much said that he got a call from punk. He out he essentially outed punk as a source, and we always yeah. talk about the punk camp, the punk camp, the punk camp. Do we talk to people who talk to the punk camp? It's punk. Yeah, CM Punk. punk CM camp. Punk is CM Punk's Eddie Gilbert. Right, CM yeah. Punk is Paul Heyman. CM Punk <laughs> yeah. calls these guys and tells them what he wants them to say. And like Little Lemmings, we all do his bidding, right? There was CM Punk, talking OG shit Paul Heyman guy, right? Yeah, OG Paul Heyman guy, <laughs> Paul Heyman, OG Eddie Gilbert guy, right? Yeah, this is a this is this goes back, right? Every time CM Punk, every time CM Punk does this, he steers the conversation. Now I. Do I believe that they're talking now because of him? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Do I think that Punk is trying to go out of his way to destroy it, to like fuck AEW over? Do I think Punk is trying to fuck the guy over who brought him back into wrestling, who made him a thing again, who did all the hard work, as our boss Joe Lanza pointed out? Yeah. That was a great quote by Joe, by the way, in the, sure in the was. Discord. Yeah. What, do you remember what it was off the top of your head for the people that aren't? Yeah, he said, he said AEW did all the dirty work to bring Punk back, but Tony couldn't command enough respect to keep him. And now it looks like Raw might end up reaping the benefits. And that that is so freaking true. Um, so, so, so freaking true there. Uh, Joe, Joe Lanza says things way better than we do. That's why they're so successful. Oh, yeah, they're great. That's why we're, we're lucky to be on that network. That's the truth. Like, and the problem is Tony is such a fan of punk and punk clearly had no respect for him right but i'm not so sure how like some of these elite guys feel about tony either right tony signed them all to real big deals and let's be honest you watched dynamite last night i caught the the kenny omega thing like really really turned me off the most of the show i've never seen him put in such half-assed lazy work in my life and the bucks are trying to do this whole little bucks camp you know passive aggressive cm punk thing right now like these are guys that should be like, you should be like batting down the hatches. We need you guys to step mm -hmm. up right now. And the fucking leader, nowhere to be found with the exception of Hangman Page, who's been, who's now awesome again. <laughs> yeah, he's doing some of the best work of his career. For sure. Like, <laughs> yeah. I just think, I think that we need to keep like, do I think that, do I think it'd be smart of, of, of WBD to try to get a better deal for themselves against for AEW? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Do I think there could be uh, mostly smoke to this fire? Yeah, I, I think it could be a lot of smoke. Um, do I think that CM Punk is behind all this pulling the strings? I do. Yeah, I do. Because Nick Hausman's one. Nick Hausman said the vibes. The, this is my favorite quote because he's a fucking <laughs> he's a fucking moron. And I think that if I ever saw him in the street, I'd say you're a dumb piece of shit. Um, Nick Hausman yeah. said, "What? He's in Chicago. He's in Chicago, man. So you might run yeah, into I live the in the the, I live in the sticks. I'll never. I'm never yeah. in Chicago. <laughs> like, but I mean, this is this guy's like he goes. Well, the vibes are that Warner will cut AEW. The vibes where the vibes in AEW." The vibes in WWE or the vibes that CM Punk told you to say, because that's all you do is you repeat. You're as bad as Dave Shear was with Paul Heyman with the Lariat, mm -hmm. right? That's what Nick, that's what Nick Hausman is now. He's Punk's house organ. Like, and it's a pathetic existence to be quite frank. Yeah. Uh, Hausman is a dipshit. Um, a dipshit. And you know what? We, we have lots of friends in the media Dude, I one time, do we? one time, <laughs> do we, we, like? we, we do. Well, some, some of them hate us, but some of them really like <laughs> us. 
so so funny and i'll tell you after um after this podcast oh. is over when we do in between overtime oh. i forgot to tell you this is a long time ago one time we were making fun of houseman and i go nick houseman dipshit like and then i just said some report that he put out i don't even remember what the report was i got a text the next day from a pretty prominent guy on the west coast shot me a text he's like dude i was howling and he said i was at wrestlemania with that guy and we were in the press box and he could not have been a bigger douche and i was like thank you thank you for backing me up on i can't believe i forgot to tell you that but is this a mutual friend of ours yes 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 i'll tell you i'll tell you who it is i'll tell you who it is after the show tell me after yeah he's a dork yeah yeah. like and, and this is the thing it's like like he everything every i'm so tired and dave was i love dave but he just the vague tweeting this week big things are happening wink wink and <laughs> this is why this is why you're one of my best friends in the whole world is when you just start randomly retweeting people be yeah. pe- for years worth of vague posting yeah. from random wrestling people i was like this is why mike gilbert is the best dude, like dude, i had a everybody everybody watching now everybody listening uh i want you to do me a favor i want you to go to um go first go to brian alvarez and then just search on his name in the search tab for brian alvarez and search buckle up just there's quite a few <laughs> And then go to Sean Ross Sapp and just put in the eyeball emojis. And it's like pages of him just vague tweeting, you know, like, oh, you better, you know, sign up today. Look, and that's great promotion. I get it. I'm not, I, I just don't, I just don't like that. So I'm never going to do that for us. If I'm only going to, I'm only going to do it to fuck with people. I'm not actually going to do it to just try to try to trick people you, into signing up for our Do you Patreon, remember but. how mad those guys got when I said that they were fucking jokes? The rest yeah. of the media is a big joke. It's because of shit like that. Yeah. Just tweeting, ooh, big eyes. Like, man up, say something. Have a fucking yeah. set. Have a fucking set. Right? Dude. Just say, hey, I'm hearing some yeah. things about this. More, uh, yeah. more to come later. Like, I right. hate vague posting. I hate it. I dude, mm-hmm. for, I cannot wait till contract season is over. I'm so it is so miserable. I haven't listened to a podcast. All the only wrestling podcast listening this week is between the sheets because they were talking about 1990. Like, I'm so <laughs> over all of this conversation i just want it yeah. to be done i just want dude, it to be done dude our buddy a uh, buddy ibu of russell purist um he he did a vague tweet making fun of all the vague tweeters and they got shopped around as news and he was like guys i was i was making fun yeah. of the vague tweeters and right. it was like so over over the top vague it was so great he's, he's a it genius. was i like i i i like ibu he makes me laugh like yeah. I, I don't know, man. It's just I'm I'm so tired of feeling like miserable about my hobby, right? Yeah. I'm so over it. Like it's just it 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 sucks. It's a sucky place to be in right now. Yeah. Um. And if if you don't believe that uh, Punk is uh, the one that's going to get WWE this a uh, big billion dollar TV deal with uh, WBD, um, just ask him. He'll probably tell you one day. Um, because <laughs> I'm on li- camera. Yeah, yeah. Um, hey, before we get to our next topic, I just want to give a shout out to everybody in the chat. Um, David Hadley, what's up, man? Thank you for being here. Um, An- Animal Instinct said, "Do you think if Trump showed up in WWE like he did in UFC recently, certain wrestlers would protest and ask for their release? Guy, mm, they go nope. to Saudi Arabia, my brother. They would, they would look. Some of them would be privately mad, but they would still collect that paycheck. Look, and guys, I'm telling you right now, and this is for everybody, then any any of us included." Um, there's a lot of times where, where adults, we get, we get faced with the crossroads in our lives where we got to choose between money and dignity. And oftentimes we choose money because we got bills to pay. We got families to feed. And really it's like, if, if some guy that we don't like shows up in an event that we're working at, 
It's like I'm getting paid the same no matter what. I, I don't think I don't really think anybody's going to care. A lot of UFC fighters didn't vote for that guy, and they don't give a shit as long as they're getting paid. So that's just the way life. That's just the way real world works. Sorry, guys. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Um, transferring heat, Tony Khan said two and a half years ago, the AEW was in their 96, 97, uh, WCW phase. I guess we're in the WCW 2000 phase, uh, maybe 99. I, you know, like I'm as somebody that studies, uh, WCW history. I, I don't know. I don't know about the 2000, 2000 was 2000. The TV was unwatchable AEW TV this week. Um, we were talking about this before the show. I'll be honest with you. I have, uh, I've been really low on watching AEW TV and the stuff I've seen, I've enjoyed but I haven't watched Rampage. I haven't watched Collision. Um, we're in wrestling season right now. Last night I watched, I came home from early and, um, you know, my kid's got pneumonia right now. So no wrestling practice for him. So I came over, I was going to watch Dynamite early, but the wife was watching. My wife watches these survivor shows, not like survivor, but like these shows about these people that go in the wilderness and like have to just stand there for, for like a month and they get all this money. It's the stupidest shit in the world, but she loves it. So she was watching one of these things. So I didn't get to watch Dynamite till 10 o'clock at night on the west coast feed and i was done at 11 i was just so tired i yeah. couldn't i couldn't watch it like the sh I, I, they burned me out so bad from the early part of the fall that i'm struggling to be invested right now and a lot of this discourse too is not helping to be quite frank you know you know what's what's funny is and and i and i have a similar story so last night i i put the kid down and i usually you know, it doesn't really, um, AEW, I have the West Coast feed here too. Um, so the West Coast feed starts at like 6 p.m., but I, I record it. And then I can, I typically will watch it after my kid goes to sleep. Um, I actually, I put it on at 9 o'clock. I passed out at 9.15, but that's not an indictment of AEW. That's an indictment no. of me being 40 and me, tired. Yeah, same. <laughs> same, man. Yeah. It's busy time here. And I've loved what I've seen from that. I know I have to watch yeah. Moxley crew, uh, swerve. I heard it was awesome. I know I got to go back and watch it, but watching yeah. Chris Jericho and Kenny Omega die on a promo. I was just like, I can't do this. I'm going to bed. Like I just, that, yeah. that absolutely broke me. And I heard someone say that was like a, like Chris Samson in our, in our Slack. He goes, this is like, that was like a, that's like an old dynamite bad segment, yeah. you know, where yeah. just like went completely off the rails right. and but like, but Mo it was Mox like Swerve saved the whole thing, apparently. So what's that? Mox and Swerve was the main event. Apparently saved the whole yeah, thing. I'm really looking forward to I, watching that. I'm gonna watch it. Yeah. I'm gonna at some point I need to sit down and just like binge the crew, the all these C2 matches because they're getting it's getting a lot of love, actually. But again, yeah. I, I just I I this MJF stuff makes me hate life. Well, we're gonna get to the MJF here in just a sec. I just want to give more shout outs. We got a lot of people in the chat tonight. IO Productions. Uh, thank you, buddy. Uh, Nick Hausman, also on NWA's ass of late. Uh, Billy Corgan's from Chicago, by the way, mm -hmm. if you want to know where Nick Hausman gets his sources from NWA. It's, uh, from, it's from Elk Grove, same place as uh, Sky Blue, coincidentally. Oh, there you go. King North in the chat. He also he checked in on JD earlier in the night, and he said, I might have some friends. Uh, well, well I, don't, I don't know about that. <laughs> couple. Two trees. En enemies. Got a lot of enemies. And, of course, um, Josiah, our buddy Josiah in the chat says the C2 is what AEW is good at. Yeah, I think, C, I think C2 has really kind of rekindled a lot of people's love of what AEW said that they were always going to be. Now we still get the silliness. We're still getting Timeless Tony, bad Jericho promos, you know, Roddy Strong, MJF skits. But then they give us a C2 and it's like, oh shit, man, we're still, we're still getting C2. It's like, uh, and like, thankfully I, I have it on, I have it on my DVR. I can just skip through the bad stuff. So that's cool. To be 
fair, we didn't get any skits last night. Like you got the opening promo, which is very much like a raw, like 1999 opening, like 20 minute promo that leads to a match. But the match was pretty kick ass. And like Samoa Joe with the microphone is the Samoa Joe page stuff was fucking great. Right. Mm. Like the two of them have like, did you, do you agree with me? Like, like they're just the chemistry between the two of them was like really good. And hangman has felt motivated. And like, I liked it. Yeah. Well, I, I can't, I can't really speak on it. Cause like I said, I passed, I passed out. So well, was, I have not been that, oh yeah. That opened the show. It was actually pretty yeah. good. And then strong came out and it was, it was bad. He's trying to tell, Oh, should we do this now? Roderick strong was trying to tell everybody who the devil is. Yeah. Yeah. So let's 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 go to that. Um, we're not going to give away any. We're not going to give away any spoilers. I forgot to tell you, no spoilers, JD. Oh, but, um, we you can, put we it can in the notes. Well, so I know <laughs> I didn't put it in the notes for everybody else to read. But, no, but, but for so, me, so I assume that's what we're going to talk about. Yeah, no, we, we can we can talk a little bit about it. I, but I think you and I have been saying for weeks we we think we have a pretty good idea, and I think it was pretty damn well confirmed. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So um, Sean Rossat put out a report today on Fightful Select that um, at World's End, the the devil is going to be revealed. Um, and, uh, you know, I think a lot of people are saying, and we have a good buddy that also said this, and se- and I've seen it in several, several other places, that the person that we thought it was going to be all along, it's most likely going to be that person, uh, Adam Cole. That's what Adam we're thinking. Adam Cole, baby. Yeah. And then do we do the whole thing? Just say who we heard? No, I don't think we should get, give away the rest right. of it. Yeah, yeah, that'd be right. that'd be too obvious. <laughs> where we uh, where we where we got it? Hey, <laughs> if you watch the show, you know who it is. Like, it's yeah. there's no mystery. Like, yeah, King of the North said real glass. Yeah, no, 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 actually, no. Um, <laughs> no, surprisingly. Um, yeah, I don't know. Is this if if it's Adam Cole? Is it Black Scorpion level? Have we hit the Black Scorpion? No, you know what I'm gonna say, and uh, um, I, I got some old school TNA fans in the chat tonight. I, this this whole storyline is very reminiscent of Aces and Eights. Yes, you're right. You know what I mean? Because Bully yes. Ray, R- Bully Ray, before he joined, and I just did an Aces and Eights retrospective. Go to the Mike and JD Show YouTube channel. I got that and the Main Event Mafia re- retrospective on there now. So um, the bully, the Bully Ray uh, thing, where he was actually fighting against them for a little bit um and to include his brother and then his brother turns on him as they he fights his own brother and then eventually it gets revealed that he was the leader the whole time right now adam cole has been helping mjf win matches been his tag team partner yada 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 while while the devil has been in, in existence this whole time and then he's going to get revealed as being the devil despite you know uh, all this other stuff so i hope i had the wrong one <laughs> say what you heard cowards um well i have no qualm with it like yeah, watch, well, the show. Yeah, well, watch the show they're telling you who yeah. it is yeah okay King of North, if you're gonna call me a coward i can't i can't let that happen i'm a war hero god damn it uh <laughs> <laughs> you can say that shit because that's actually true <laughs> no, <laughs> no 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 <laughs> no you are you, you know it's, it's funny as i uh on on uh on thanksgiving my cousin's a big seahawks fan and the 49ers just beat down the Seahawks on Thanksgiving. So I FaceTime my cousin and he wouldn't answer the phone. So I FaceTime my other cousin who was watching the show with him or watching the game with him. And he handed him the phone and, and he starts cussing me out. I was like, Hey, can you believe that? He's cussing me out. I'm a war hero. What are you doing? <laughs> this like, you Joe, you were cussing out. It was a different cousin. It was this a different Joe? cousin. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's funny. Yeah. Yeah. Di- different cousin. Joe, Joe's a 49er a- fan. He has, he has class. <laughs> 
that's a pretty that's a pretty harsh trump card to pull out like i'm a warrior <laughs> you can't say that oh. to me yeah yeah no they 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 uh they they get a kick out of that when i say it because they know i'm full of crap but um but so you know look I heard Adam Cole, Kingdom, Roddy Strong, and uh, the the wild card would be uh, well, a very big man with a ponytail. So there you who go. That, says that was... he's gonna beat up Max every week on the show? Yeah. So I mean, the obvious is what we're thinking, right? Now, Kyle O'Reilly. I didn't hear about Kyle O'Reilly. I don't even know if that guy's ever wrestling again. But that's that would be um, that guy's got more to worry about right now than than angles and stuff like that. Yeah. Like he's he's trying to like get back to normal so let's cut let's push pump the brakes on kyle o'reilly stuff for a bit but yeah the guys that have been directly involved in this the entire fucking time <laughs> yeah but you know which you know foreshadowing and i think i think it's pretty good storytelling but the problem is is that i think it's just been drug on too long i oh, yeah. I, I lost right. interest right and then the right, skits right, were right. bad but if you like outline the story right like the outline of the story I think is pretty good, but now I think it's ultimately going to wind up being aces and eights level, which aces and eights too, like at the time. So a lot of the acting was pretty bad, but the story itself was pretty good. I thought the bully Ray reveal was pretty good, but they didn't really have an end game to that story. And here's the funny thing about aces and eights. And I just, I don't want to go down a rabbit hole here because I already went down it, but I got Josiah in the chat. So I know he, you know, he's going to fill me on this one they were building to a match with Hulk Hogan in 2013 that they can never have. So then they, so Hulk Hogan leaves, they end up pivoting to AJ styles and then he wins a title, but he doesn't have a contract with them. So then he just gives the title back and go, and then comes back. He does a title versus title match with Nick Aldis. And then he heads to new Japan has the run of his career. Right. So like they never, so we're, I'm not th saying that it's going to end like aces and eights. I'm just saying right now, the whole vibe, the AEW is about vibes, right? Nick Houseman, shout out like the whole vibe of it, the ninja costumes, the mask, everything to me reeks aces and eights. Can I be honest with you though? Like after, okay. So after we did that and aces and eights became sons of anarchy, right? Cause they they're like sons of anarchy the whole time. Yeah. But I mean like there were masks and stuff like that. And then they just yeah. were sons of anarchy except with worse. Yes. Writing. Like even even the theme song was a direct rip off, rip off of Sons of Anarchy. Yeah, Dale Oliver is one of the greatest rip off artists of all time. Yes, legend. like Jimmy Hart level legend, legend. Um, I really like the Aces and Eight stuff with AJ. I kind of like that whole yeah. storyline, like yeah. up to the reveal where he like because that kind of this is the, the Aces and Eights is where we got like a, the current AJ Styles, like what AJ Styles mm -hmm. is now started yeah. in the aces and eights story so for me i don't know i don't hate aces and eights as much as everybody else's i liked your audio this week on aces and eights mike i thought it was good Thank like I don't, yeah, I don't i don't know like i think aces and I, eights is better than this to be honest with you <laughs> hold on hold on wait forty-one twenty. i gotta clip that and <laughs> i do like i again when this first happened i was intrigued but that was in like august like it's yeah. december man and like whenever Excalibur starts talking about the devil, I want to just throw things at my fucking TV. He has just wasted so much of his credibility talking about this whole thing. I just, I fucking hate it so much. I just want to, yeah. I mean, like I, in the grand scheme of things, I do think aces and eights is better than the black scorpion. And yes. I think this is leaning. This is leaning more scorpion than aces and eights chat. Am I wrong? Am I, am I wrong on this? Well, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll, 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 go, we'll, go, we'll, go to, we'll go to the chat here. Just a sec. Uh, King of the North. I think this is a good question. Will they have draft shirts underneath the ninja costumes? I, um, Matt Taven I, will. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, and then, uh, yeah, let less is more from uh, IO. And then Josiah says, it's not a coincidence that it feels TNA when they have TNA writers in Tony's ear now. Um, yeah, yes. Yeah. So, I mean, Sanjay Dutt's like right there. And um, so. The most yeah, realistic part I, of that whole storyline was was Bully Ray marrying Brooke Hogan. But then again, I, he dude, was with like, for a long time. So maybe yeah, I liked, I really liked that storyline. <laughs> Fuck out of here! That did, part of the storyline you like? Come on, dude. And then I just I just rewatched the whole like a uh, video that uh, that they put yeah, on dude. their YouTube. They did like a super thing, and I was just like, I was like, I remember liking it, and I was like, I still kind of like, it. <laughs> I still kind of like it. And then like you know when he turns heel, he's like, I never loved you, <laughs> I used you. I was like, bully. Look, say what you want about bully Ray, but he is a very good heel. Yeah, yeah. he's great yeah. at being an asshole. That's why he yeah. does it every week on on uh, what's that shitty show he has cheap heat or whatever. What's that show called? I have busted open. Busted open. I can't remember yeah. some stupid wrestling term. Like he's good at that stuff. Like he's yeah. very good at being unlikable. Yeah. No. He he's he's very good. Um. So real quick. Um. We Ibu again. I, I don't know if it was Ibu, but it was Russell Puris. So you guys correct me on that. I don't want to attribute this to Ibu himself, but Russell Puris put out a report that um. Uh, looks like people in AEW are pushing Tony Khan hard to sign one Dolph Ziggler. Is that a good idea? JD, are you no. there? No. Okay. <laughs> so the, the people listening on their podcast cannot see your face. <laughs> I'm rubbing my eyes because I'm mean, like, this is the problem we have. The thing is, everybody... Wrestling people are so they're like good people in some ways, man. Like you take care of your own, like you yeah. love your brothers. Like this guy's good. He can have good matches. And they don't think like we think. These are the same people tell you how amazing Randy Orton is. And I'll tell you, I can't think of one cool. I I cannot watch Randy Orton matches. I just think they're boring. This is that mentality. I do not want to see Nick Nemeth in a wrestle in a promotion that I watch regularly. Okay. I I've hated that guy since 1999. Fuck him. Kent State <laughs> yeah. motherfucker. Uh, I yeah, know. I, don't I, I think I think that's the bigger issue at play here. He's Kent State, and uh, there's still a resentment. Fuck him. I can't stand him. Um, <laughs> no, here, I just, so, I, he's, here, I here, here's what I here's what I think. Um, I I think um, some of our friends are doing this. By the way, I think people need to stop snitching on guys like Johnny Elite and Sean Spears and all these other former WWE guys that are in their 40s right now that have gone to AEW and are hiding. They're hiding and they're collecting mailbox money and they're doing absolute dick because that's exactly the type of deal that Dolph Ziggler wants. He wants to go over there and get some of that con money and do absolutely nothing. You're not going to hear him complaining about his push. You're not going to hear him complaining about not getting enough dates. He just wants to go over there and collect money like that. That's all you're going to get out of that guy. And um, and if that's the kind of guy that Tony Khan wants, just like a veteran that you can throw on Rampage uh, that, that might win a battle royal, like one of 15 battle royals next year, he might win one. He might challenge for the TNT title. He do some jobs on a ring of honor. That's all you're going to get out of that guy. He is not going to be helpful to your promotion. And and look, and I don't even think he's a bad wrestler. I think he's a good wrestler. I think he's got charisma. I think he can cut a promo. I don't think he adds anything to uh, to AEW at all. We have 12 of them. Yeah. Like there's 12 guys that are younger and better than Nick Nemeth right now. Like what value does he have? Sean Spears is still under contract for God's sakes. Mm -hmm. Like why? Well, I mean, 
I hope they don't sign him. That would be a huge mistake. Fire it, it would be, too. it would be Jacksonville Dixie. That that's what that signing would be. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Now, now TNA. I'm on the fence about that for TNA. Um, I, I'm I'm leaning towards no, because again, I don't think that he's really a guy that will sell tickets. But I think the TNA fan base, the, like their hardcores, would see that as a win, and they would get excited about it. Right, you're not going to bring any new fans because, as we already know, that when somebody leaves WWE, they don't they don't come with the wrestler. They just forget they exist until they pop up in the Royal Rumble three years later. Right, that's that's how that usually works. And you know for a fact that Dolph is just going to go to a lesser promotion, collect some mailbox money, and then he just can't wait to get back to WWE. That's what you're going to get out of him. But I think that the TNA fans would embrace him, would see him as a big star, and they would get excited for him. Mike wouldn't, but I think that they would. So I think my opinion changes depending on the promotion. Um, I, I, I think that would be fine. Ultimately, Dolph Ziggler talks about how much, or Nick Nima talks about how much he doesn't like pro wrestling anymore. He doesn't watch pro wrestling. He's super disengaged with the product. I don't want that guy. I don't want that guy. I don't want people yeah. that aren't excited to go to work every day. I don't want people that don't want to fight tooth and nail for a spot. No, I don't want that guy. It's funny you talk about the Rumble. Remember that argument I had with Scott last week? Our buddy Scott, who uh, hosts the rap for the fight game, um, talked about how how it would be great if Okada signed with WWE and showed up in the Rumble. And I went just fucking ape shit about how it would be the most disrespectful thing humanly possible to put Kazuchika Okada in the Royal Rumble and have him get tossed by fucking Otis or something like that after about 12 <laughs> minutes. And yeah. he's like, oh man, that should be a great thing in WWE. And I'm like, this is a fucking generational player in Japan. You don't know. Like I just, I, I had this an epic meltdown in yeah. the group chat because I just hate WWE fan think. Like I just, it makes me. They they don't watch anything outside of WWE. They they follow stuff on the internet. They see clips, but they don't they don't follow it, so they don't know that Okada is important. They they have no idea, right? And that and that was the that was the exact. And we love Scott. Scott he should know better. I know he should know better. Like yeah. that's that's what makes me. I made me so mad that it, that he was like, oh, it's an honor to be in the rumble and get yeah. tossed out. Like what? <laughs> what? Yeah. Like what? I just, I, I couldn't, I, um, this is why if AEW dies, man, I'm just, I'm just going to come on here and shit on everything. I will just be the most <laughs> negative podcaster of all time. Um, well, you know what? I think we're going to end it on a high note. Um, so I want everybody to go to patreon.com slash the Mike and JD show. Um, I, we, I posted several shows over the weekend. I did two brace for impact shows and I did a new show as well. Um, oh, earlier this week, I think I did like one or two. Now that I think I'm, I'm trying to remember You're a machine. Yeah. Do all. I mean, I've been off work all week. Um, just icing my crotch. So <laughs> I, uh, I, I, uh, got a lot of, I did, I did a lot of clips for the YouTube, like doing pretty decent numbers there. Um, we got into a fight with Jim Valley over one of them. <laughs> Jim Valley. Yeah, Jim Valley like. took a shit on us this week. What the fuck is up with that? I think he was trying to shit on Andrade, but when he said like he quote tweeted our quote our clip, and he said who like he was saying like who cares who if cares? Andrade leaves, but he's when he just said who cares, and then said Andrade isn't a draw, and I'm like, well, that's what we said in the video, dude. But when he says oh. who cares, it's like it's like you're telling you're actively telling people not to click on our link. <laughs> so, no, no, he said no disrespect to to voices yeah. of wrestling. And I'm like, did you watch the video? Because we said the same fucking thing. And he's like, no, I don't watch. I didn't watch the video. Last totally, time I totally watched one of your videos, big time does. Well, last time I watched one of your videos, 
you know, it said you, it turned out we were in a feud. Both of us were like, what the fuck are you talking about? I guess we yeah. are now, motherfucker. <laughs> you know what, like, man? I have a, you know, when he was going through his health, I have a Jim Valley t-shirt. <laughs> I almost worked so on do it. I. Yeah, I almost so worked on it, but I was like, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to increase it. I think maybe he was just being a little crabby, which I think he has been lately. Um, he has been lately. So I don't want to, I don't want st- to stick on that. I do want to advertise the Patreon, patreon.com slash the Mike and JD show. Um, got it. I got some more content coming out this weekend. Um, um, JD and I are going to do uh, right after this show is over. We're actually going to do a, um, an overtime talking about our favorite Christmas movies. So last week we did a, we did a movie review of Godzilla minus one. We'll hear uh, JD and I talk about Christmas movies and then we'll be right back here uh, next week where we're going to talk some more news. And then we're also going to have WC WCCW star Wars, 1983 we're going to do a watch along of that so that obviously will not be making it to youtube because we will get copyright strikes not only because of the video but because um i have a i have a copy with that has the great video quality with the actual like rock music that they were using we're going to get to hear you know tom sawyer and stranglehold live on uh on patreon next week so uh everybody tune in for that so we're going to record that next week and we're going to drop it uh at some point so lots of stuff to talk about lots of stuff to get into um and if you're listening to us right now on apple Podcasts, spotify or google Podcasts, stay tuned after this show because i'm going to tack on a brace for impact double shot that i did over the weekend where i recapped triple a ultra clash and I recapped Final Resolution, the final ever premium live event from Impact Wrestling before they head and uh, re- rename themselves and rebrand to TNA Wrestling. Uh, they, they did a show over the weekend. Um, me and Josiah and probably four other people are the only ones that watched the show. Um, it was in a little studio in Toronto, but it was a pretty good show, and I got a chance to recap that. So if you're watching this and you're a TNA fan, if you're listening to this and you're a Voices of Wrestling Network guy and you're not really getting your TNA fixed, well, I'm going to hook you up. I'm going to um, tack on my latest two episodes right here at the end of this podcast. Um, so go ahead and check that out. And then I'm actually going to um, release it, uh, the audio on our YouTube channel this coming up weekend. Uh, try to get people excited for some TNA. So uh, we're going to close here. We've got some positive stories coming out of the world of TNA. Um, that JD has not had a chance to comment on these publicly. So I'm going to give JD a, an opportunity. And so first, I think the first guy I want to talk about is they signed Trent Seven over the weekend. Uh, UK guy, popular guy, got released by, um, by WWE. He was a WWE uh, NXT UK guy, uh, tag team champion there for a while. Pretty good talent, man. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, I mean... Was he a questionable? Was he one of those guys that was kind of questionable during the speaking out thing? I feel like maybe he was, but I'm not 100% you, sure. Dude, I'll, I'll be honest, Eddie. I don't have a running log of everybody's bad deeds. I just don't yeah. pay attention. I don't care about that stuff anymore. Me, me neither. Too many. Well, yeah. I remember when he showed up in AEW, we were in one of our discords and people were like upset, and I, I couldn't remember why. Um, I, maybe he just looks like Marty Skrull. Maybe that's the problem. He does look kind of like Marty Skrull. He is British. Yeah. They're yeah. all the same. Yeah, that's fine. But, uh, Honestly, he's he's a talented wrestler. Um, I think he'll have really good matches in this company. I don't love his character work, but I think that he'll be a mid card guy here, and he'll be fine. Yeah, it's a good pickup. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a nice signing. Um, and um, talk about well, you know, we brought up last week in WWE possibly signing Okada. Well, one of the reasons why they sh- why he shouldn't go there, Kushida has now signed with TNA, which actually shocked me. I. I thought that he was just going to be a New Japan guy, even though New Japan doesn't do anything with him and don't push him. I just figured he was back in New Japan and doing his thing there. But actually, TNA, they Scott Demore really likes him. Scott Demore trained him, and actually, when he is in TNA, they push him. So they they actually signed him to a full time deal, which is pretty cool. He's not a New Japan trueborn. 
right? He got pushed there, but they never were going to push him out of the junior division because he's small. And uh, WWE was a failure, and he's come back to New Japan. He really hasn't even been a guy in New Japan. Mm-hmm. Like, this has been – this is a great pickup, I think, for Tina. I think he'll get a, a nice refresher on reality. Uh, Alex Shelley's there. You can still do time machine stuff. Or what – what, I forget. What did they call it when they when, – when Kushida team with the guns? What was their trio's name? Do you remember? I thought it was just time machine guns. Was that what it was? I think so. Okay, yeah, that's a good one. Um, yeah, that's good. I like this pickup, actually. I think he's a great guy for the X Division immediately. Yeah, well, and he actually headlined uh, Rebellion last year, him versus Macklin, and that was a really good like main event match. I thought they killed it. Oh, hold on. Yeah. Uh, fact checkers in the chat. Hold on. John Hughes said it was just Time Machine. Well, they should have oh, called we, it Time Machine Guns. That's what we said. We yeah. said it should be Time Machine Guns, and they just went with <laughs> yeah. Time Machine. And we said they were wrong. Time Machine yeah. Guns is way better. Yeah, I stand by yeah. that. Um, yeah, good pickup. Good pickup. Yeah, great, yeah. Great I, for the I, I, yeah I, I really like it. He can do X Division tag teams, and in, in TNA, they can push him to the, like, he can challenge for the world title and nobody will bat an eye. Not a, Look, um, not a guy that's going to, not a guy that's going to sell you a lot of tickets or pay-per-views, but he's a guy that's going to have really good matches. And he's just more added veteran depth yeah. with a little bit of notoriety that I think people are going to get excited about. Um, and uh, they re-signed Eddie Edwards guys. Eddie Edwards re-signs every 18 months. No big deal there. But something that is exciting is Vikingo not signing here but he's actually going to be at hard to kill in Las Vegas on January 13th for the pay-per-view. And he's going to be there the night after January 14th um, at the snake eyes TV tapings alongside Osprey and Okada. We're going to get a Vikingo match at those tapings. I think whoever's going to those tapings is going to hell of a show. Yeah, no shit. Um, if you have a chance to watch El Hio de Vikingo work, take advantage of that. I got to see him in Chicago once and it was, pretty damn impressive like this dude is incredible he's absolutely incredible watch him now because who knows how long he can keep moving at the speed yeah well hey guys um stay like i said stay tuned if you're listening to apple podcast spotify or google podcast stay tuned because we got some more tna talk coming your way right after this um and if you want some more i'm i actually got a show coming out this weekend i think i'm gonna talk some joker sting talk to all the news Ooh. and do another retrospective so that's gonna be fun um, so head over to patreon.com slash the Mike and JD show to get your timely, um, up to date and fresh, uh, TNA content as we start getting, uh, geared towards, uh, the, um, the hard to kill pay-per-view and the TV tapings after that, the big rebrand of TNA, uh, lots of, we're going to, I'm covering TNA every single week coming up in 2024. So stay tuned for that. Please become a subscriber today and until, and until next week, sorry about that. <laughs> and until next week. You know, you know, I'm gonna do the, I'm gonna do the BFI uh, since we're plugging BFI. I'm gonna do the BFI uh, outro. Let's do it, BFI outro. And until next week, mahalo. Hey now, it's Brace for Impact, and I'm your host, Mike Gilbert, and I'm going solo on that ass, but it's still the same. We're talking TNA wrestling. Uh, we got a lot to talk about. Um, uh, big, big news this week. Man, some of the, the bigger news that um, I think we've ever heard in TNA. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, there, 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 is a, there is a lot of stuff going on in the world of TNA. Um, 
And I think I want to start it off this week with um, Okada, Kazuchika Okada. I, I think that's a huge story, man. Um, he he came into TNA on excursion um, like over 10 years ago, like 2011 time frame. And um, he was treated like shit. And now put you got to put into context of the time. Like this was like New Japan knew that Okada was going to be like a big star for them, but they didn't, you know, they didn't have the complete idea that he was going to be the Okada that he ended up becoming, right? One of their all-time greatest performers. Um, so and when they send their talent on excursion, like we saw with Yuya Uemura, um, it's not really they, they don't really expect them to go to these companies and then just get put over everybody, become the world champ, yada, yada, yada. Um, they do expect him to go over there and do jobs, which is what we saw you and Mora do. I, I don't know if he won five matches in his entire year uh, when he was at Impact this latest run. But what they also don't expect is for their talent to go over there, be treated like dirt and put into racist angles. And that's what that's exactly what happened. And people can say whatever they want, but um, but TNA at the time putting Okada in the Okato mask because of um, Vince Russo just not understanding um, Asian culture whatsoever, um, and the fact that he here here's an Asian guy, so we're gonna make him be Kato because Kato was popular on the Green Hornet TV show, Bruce Lee, right, from the 60s. So that's the only thing that they, the only reference they have, and his name was kind of similar. So um, they they made a Japanese guy doing a Chinese gimmick. Um, it, it's, it's racist horseshit is what it was. And they had him do it, and it was embarrassing to him. Um, it effectively, you know, one of many reasons why the TNA-New Japan relationship um, died at that point. And uh, New Japan ended up becoming stronger than ever. They they um, started a relationship with Ring of Honor and uh, with CMLL, and they kind of had like a three-headed kind of you know monster there. Those three promotions, and they were doing tours together all the time and major shows. New Japan gets bigger than ever, and they come into the states. They run Madison Square Garden. They sell it out. It's, and you know the rest is history. And then Okada becomes one of their all-time greatest stars. Um, well, a couple of years ago, I think in 2021, um, impact in new Japan, you know, opened the doors back up a little bit and started, you know, to rekindle their relationship. Um, Rocky Romero was friends with the good brothers. And I think that started it off. Um, um, I, I think I remember the first talent I, and maybe you guys can, remind me who the first talent was to come over um during this latest run i know that new japan strong the new japan strong had started booking some impact talent who you know were just essentially taking independent bookings and they were they were over there i think chris bay went over there for the super j cup i want to say it was chris bay went over there for the super j cup and then um, next thing you know, Juice Robinson and David Finley come over to Impact and they defeat the Good Brothers for the tag team titles. Um, and I think that was kind of what set it off. And the next thing you know, we're getting Kojima, we're getting Ishii, we're getting, you know, all these talents. That, you know, eventually Kushida comes over. Um, and it, it becomes kind of a like a good relationship. New Japan gets added back to Access. Um, and that clearly is helpful. Um, they, 
you know, they were, that was another kind of a breakdown between the two companies. When Anthem bought access, they tried to keep New Japan on access and um, they were unable to come to a deal. And so New Japan leaves access. Um, and so part of uh, their new relationship was New Japan coming back to access and going right after uh, Impact is over. And so like Impact kind of serves as a lead in to New Japan. So, um, so this is a sign that this relationship is just as strong as it ever was. Um, they're, at this point, they're doing multiverse shows. You know, they did two last year, and hopefully they do a couple more. I'd like to see um, TNA go to Japan. Maybe they can do a, a multiverse show, like at the Korokan Hall or something like that. That would be cool. But, yeah. Um, TNA made the big announcement that Okada, Kazuchika Okada, is making his long-awaited return to TNA. And he will be returning on January 14th at the Snake Eyes event. It's called. It's a TV taping. They just kind of label their TV tapings. Um, and let's give a big shout out to uh, to Dobby. Uh, he is a day one subscriber to the Patreon. He says, "I can't stick around for the live show, but wanted to let you know that since the update as of this morning is 657 tickets sold for Hard to Kill." Uh, so I believe we're over that uh, 50% mark for Hard to Kill. Um, and 310 for the Snake Eyes taping, a bit of a surge for Hard to Kill this week. So, yeah, they're, um, as we get closer to Hard to Kill, I think that um, uh, as more matches get announced and as the TNA stars you know, hit the ground there in Vegas and do some local promotion, we'll probably end up filling it up. But uh, yeah, we're over 50% now for Hard to Kill, so that's a good sign. And uh, Snake Eyes is still struggling. <laughs> but, um, you know, with uh, the Okada announcement, I think they were below 200 before the Okada announcement. And now we're up over 300, so um, they're going to still have to continue to work really hard to sell those tickets. Um, you know, every company outside of WWE right now, they're not, you know, they're not selling tickets fast. They got to work hard. They can't just you know, do Twitter announcements and stuff like that. They actually got to, they actually got to hit the ground and, uh, you know, give out those flyers and do, you know, you know, actually do groundwork to, to get people to come to their shows. Um, and this is the biggest show in Anthem owned TNA history. So, um, I, I would suspect that they will do just that. Um, also announced this week. Oh, you know what? And before I move off of Okada, um, if you guys think that i'm not going to go all in with okada and put the fucking title on okada you're wrong i want them to put the title on okada i think honestly alex shelley beats moose on hard to kill next night drops title to okada and then uh they they flip the belt back to uh either alex shelley or josh alexander at a later date that's that's what mike wants to do um now everybody's like, oh, Okada's not signed here. Yada yada yada. Okay, I don't, I don't care. Like, oh, this is the same as when Kenny Omega took that. No, it's not. New Japan is a much better partner than AEW. New Japan doesn't come into TNA or into Impact and shit on the company and do all that stuff. Like they, they treat Impact with tons of respect and vice versa. It is a completely different relationship. They they, they treat each other as co-equals versus how AEW treated Impact was Impact is kind of a burden and they little brothered him a lot, kind of like the way New Japan treats Noah um, in similar fashion. Um, but no, New Japan and Impact 
they they treat each other as as equals and i i feel like that's a much better relationship i don't think that the world title would be viewed as less than would be getting screwed things like that it would be kind of cool to see okada you know go over to japan and defend the title and then tna get the footage and air the footage on impact and kind of do a co-branding on access you know like you know leading into the to the new Japan on access to do stuff like that. I think that would be cool. Um, and I think it only elevates the title because you have legitimately one of the best in the world as your champion. Um, I think it strengthens the relationship with new Japan and I think it strengthens the new Japan on access TV show. I think it would be cool. Um, I now I wanted them to do the with Tanahashi. They never did pull the trigger. I think that if they can get, you know, uh, more dates on Okada to, to get him locked in for some of the bigger shows that they have coming up in the first quarter. I absolutely think you should do it. You should put the title on Okada, have him defended a couple times in TNA, defended a couple times in New Japan, and then drop the belt back, you know, in April or whatever. I, I think I think that would be awesome. So yes, put the title on Okada. Now let's get to Will Ospreay. Um, Will Ospreay hit the announcement that Osprey is coming back to TNA. Despite the fact that he is now a signed, contracted um, AEW talent, kind of caught people off guard, and but it's been overshadowed by the Okada announcement, and um, I, you know, that's that's quite a bit interesting. Uh, Osprey has not moved any tickets, which I, you know, suspected that that would be the case. Um, he has uh, not moved any for the Snake Eyes show, anyway. So. Um, and we don't know who his opponent's going to be. That's going to be announced at Final Resolution, which is uh, airing later tonight, which I will be watching, and I will do a full recap for you guys right here on uh, Patreon. Um, and um, I, when that will be, I don't know, but I will be watching, and I'll do a full recap. But yeah, that so Osprey's opponent's going to be announced. I still like my idea of doing the triple threat with uh, Chris Saban and Josh Alexander, um, but who, who knows what they're going to do. Maybe they do Leon Slater. I think that would be cool. You know, just kind of give Leon Slater the rub and Slater didn't have to win. Or maybe one of the newer talents that they're bringing in. Um, I, I, th I think that would be fun. But, uh, hey, we get one more date on Osprey before he heads uh, back to indentured servitude in AEW. And uh, before he goes and makes the, the big, big dough, we're going to get a chance to see him at uh, in Vegas there at uh, Snake Eyes. So um, Snake Eyes, essentially, like if you look at it on paper with the star power, um, and because they have Okada, um, because they have Osprey, who could not be at hard to kill because New Japan is running opposition at uh, uh, in San Jose the it, during hard to kill. Um, well, because they couldn't get either one of those guys, they're bringing him on Sunday. And I just, I was like thinking about it. I was like, why not just move hard to kill to Sunday? <laughs> like, like, like the two biggest stars that, that you could possibly get right now are not coming in until Sunday. Why not just move the bigger show to Sunday? Like there's no rule that says it has to be on Saturday, but um, they're, I mean, obviously they're going to keep the date. And uh, so I did talk to somebody from, uh, from impact, somebody that works there and said that um, the guy said, well, yeah, I, you know, that would make hard to kill bigger, but he goes um, hard to kill is going to get enough curiosity buys and curiosity, you know, tickets sold and stuff like that. He goes, probably more important is um, the TV show being sustainable after the fact and g garnering interest for the, uh, the first episodes of TNA impact on access. So he goes, that's kind of why they're just going to keep it that way. 
Um, but I think when and he didn't tell me this, but I, I get the feeling that whenever they made the announcement for whenever they booked the date for hard to kill, they didn't really know that new Japan was going to be running opposition that night. Um, you know, um, in San Jose. So, but you can't, it's, you know, everybody's running every weekend now. So it's really, it's really hard to work around other companies schedules. So you just do the best you can. So, um, yeah, neither one of them could be there for hard to kill, um, but they will be there for the TV tapings. And so we should get a good couple weeks of TV from uh, that snake eyes of it, um, especially with Okada making his long away to return. And then of course, uh, getting one more date on Osprey. Um, and before we, uh, before we get to the other major announcement, I just wanted to talk about Hammerstone real quick. So, um, he is becoming a free agent as of uh, January 1st. He has finished his last date on um, he's finishing his last date on um, MLW. He finished it already. So we um, we're no longer going to get any more Hammerstone there. Um, but I thought that he would probably be at hard to kill. Well, uh, I, and I guess I'm wrong about that. Let me just share this right now. This was shared in the BFI chat. Apex Wrestling Federation, which looks like one of the shittiest indie promotions you've ever seen in your life. Um, they're going to be running Saturday, January 13 at the uh, uh, Red Mountain Center in Mesa, Arizona. Um, and right there front and center on the cover is uh, Alexander Hammerstone. So uh, another one bites the dust for <laughs> for. Um, hard to kill. Now, does that mean he couldn't come to Snake Eyes? Of course, he could come to Snake Eyes. Um, uh, yeah, he absolutely could uh, show up there. Uh, that's that's not out of the realm of possibility. In fact, it's only a few hours down the road. It's just there in Arizona. So, but it does not look like we're going to be getting a Hammerstone at Hard to Kill. So, um, that's a little bit disappointing for me because I thought that that would be a good way to kick off the new era of TNA with a big free agent signing from a rival promotion, um, like a kind of a similar level rival promotion impact, obviously a bigger promotion than MLW, but you know, you'd be taking their top star and bringing them onto your show. I thought that would be cool. It uh, looks like that's not going to be happening. So, Oh, well is what it is, but maybe we'll be getting him eventually. Um, now onto the, probably one of the bigger stories um, that we have had here in TNA. So I, I've been wondering what they were going to do with Impact Plus. Well, earlier in the week, they said they're going to be rebranding to TNA Plus. And I was like, okay. Um, I assumed that it would just be the same. It would just be Impact Plus with the new logo, right? Which is what they did whenever they switched from the the, the global wrestling network, the GWN, to Impact Plus. They just, they just changed the logos, but it was the same stuff. It was the same operating system, all that stuff. Well... Um, TNA surprised me, and they actually signed a deal with Endeavor Streaming. Endeavor um, is the parent company of WWE and UFC TKO, right? Um, Endeavor Streaming is a part of that umbrella, and they run the UFC Fight Pass um, service, the WWE Network service, the NBA League Pass, um, and lots of other major streaming services. Like they're they're the host for it, so they are now going to be hosting the TNA Plus service on through their you know, deal. I don't quite understand all the technology behind it, but um, let, let's just say this is big time. Um, a lot of the problems that we had before with Impact Plus, when I, I actively went on this show and told people not to give them your money because they're not, uh, they're not, they're not holding up their end of the deal there. So um, I, 
I had so many issues with Impact Plus over the years. I tried really hard to, to stay a subscriber. Um, the live feeds, you know, having audio and video issues and cutting out. And there were like like live like pay-per-views that I tried to watch on there. They just didn't work. I would have to wait until they re-uploaded it. Like, like those issues were happening for a long time. And then they were they were giving they were giving us the weekly show on there and it would it was supposed to be uploaded immediately after the show the the extra show was over and a lot of times they just wouldn't do it and so i just switched over to the youtube service i'm like i get just about everything with the youtube service i don't get the full complete uh, like old school tna library but i get all the most up-to-date content and that's kind of what i need for my podcast so um I, I switched over to the YouTube service and the YouTube service has worked perfectly since, you know, they, they have had a couple of issues here and there, but for the most part, it's been tremendous. Well, um, I'm hoping that with this new um, provider that they're going through Endeavor streaming um, that, you know, they, it will be like a legitimate like sports streaming service um, and will be treated as such. Now they are going to raise the price. So that's disappointing. It's going to go to $9.99. Um, you can also do um, an annual an annual price. I think you can get it for like $90 something dollars, something like that. Um, if you pay the annual fee um, for just the basic, but if you want to go extra premium, which includes the the four pay per views, um, you could pay like $219, and you can get you know everything like an all inclusive thing. Now I don't know if that comes with the if you can watch the weekly show live as it happens with the rest of the world, I don't know if that's the case yet. So um, hopefully, hopefully that get it, that gets answered soon, but yeah, um, this, this is a big deal. Um, we'll, we'll see if, if, if people actually join and sign up. So that's, that's going to be the struggle. Um, but apparently you should be able to get the pay-per-views on the service. So, um, and I wonder if you can buy the pay-per-views a la carte or if you have to, um, pay the annual fee, the $220 annual fee just to get the pay-per-views. I, I don't know, but um, um, more, more to come on that. I think we'll learn more as, as we get closer to Hard to Kill. Um, but yeah, that, that streaming service is coming out next month and uh, should be should be a cool thing, should be a big deal. Um, but um, you know, we'll, we'll see how it, all, how it all works out and exactly what you get, you get for it. But the fact that it's with Endeavor Streaming, I think is a pretty big deal. I think it's pretty cool. So, um, but yeah, other than that, man, um, not a ton going on in the world of uh, TNA. Um, I think we got... Um, we had, you know, those big announcements. We had Okada, we had Will Ospreay, we had TNA plus, um, there is, you know, some scuttlebutt out there that, uh, they just announced that they're signed, they, they have are got two live shows coming up in new Orleans next month for no surrender and, uh, doing a TV taping. That's going to be at the Hilario center in February. Um, tickets are on sale. I just got the notification this morning. Um, it, They've actually ran that arena. They ran that arena last year, and my friend Brady was able to just walk right in. Like they did, a, they did a contest where if you took a picture in front of like some restaurant, they would let you in for free. Um, but you would have to like tweet at their social media. Well, he did. He tweeted the social media. He was the only one that did it. Um, they never responded to him, and he just went. I was like, dude, you can just go to the show and walk in. So he went to the show, and he legitimately just walked in, like the security tried to stop him. He goes, no, Hey, I won this contest here. Look, and then showed him what happened on social media. Cause never, nobody on social media actually replied to him 
or told anybody that they won. It was the worst contest ever. Like that's that's the type of company that we were dealing with at the time. Um, but uh, yeah, he he was able to get in for free, and then they offered him free tickets for the next night. <laughs> so because they Ross Forma was just in the crowd handing out free tickets for everybody that was at No Surrender or whichever the name of the event um, to come to the TV tapings the next night. Um, so it wasn't a very well promoted event to say the least. I think that was in 2022. Now that I think of it, I don't think it was in 2023. So, um, but yeah, they're, they're going there. So, you know, our hope for them to do bigger and better and nicer venues, um, that started with a hard to kill and it ended with hard to kill so far because, uh, later in January, they're going back to, uh, Orlando where they have done a bunch of shows there. And then, uh, then the next month they're going to the Hilario center where, which they have, uh, they had already ran before and that they did a poor job of running that. So, <laughs> so the, maybe, maybe the bigger, nicer venues will be saved for their quarterly tentpole events. Maybe, I, I don't know. But uh, I, I do find that to be interesting. Um, what also what's interesting is that, that Trinity has been left off of those posters, um, and she's one of their top stars. I I think that's very telling. Yeah, it could be nothing. Maybe they just don't have her signed past then, and uh, they're working on the deal. But I don't know. I didn't that didn't look good, right? It d- doesn't look good not to have one of your top stars on your poster. It kind of tells me that she's leaving. Um, I could be wrong. But I just know this company, I know the history, and it tells me that she could be leaving. Also, speaking of leaving, Deanna Perrazzo, uh, it was announced earlier this week by Sean Rossap uh, that uh, she's finishing up with a TNA uh, this weekend at Final Resolution. So tonight is probably going to be her last night in the company. Uh, she's expected to hit free agency. Now, TNA can make her an offer and then keep her around, but they've been beating her like a drum for months. Um, it just kind of tells you what, where they value her. They were not actively trying to keep her on the roster by trying to make her happy. They were just beating the shit out of her. She's been losing nonstop for months, like since the summer. It's been pretty bad. It's it's been embarrassing, is what it's been. So the way that they booked uh, Deanna Peraza on her way out. So um, one of their all-time great champions goes out with a whimper. Uh, she's, um, you know, if I had to venture a guess, it would be uh, WWE. Um, but you never know. AEW could come calling. She can go there. But uh, Chelsea Green's like her best friend, and Chelsea's been getting over there. Um, I think her going there to reunite the tag team that she had with uh, Chelsea and in Impact would be pretty fun. Uh, would help out Chelsea, and then Deanna can hang with anybody in the ring um, in any promotion. So she would be an asset to any promotion. But she's she's had a really good run here. But unfortunately, once they realized she wasn't coming back. Um, they just started, they just beat her every chance they got, um, to a pulp. <laughs> they, they, they beat her, beat her, beat her, gave her a title shot where they beat her again and then continue to beat her, beat her, beat her. And then tonight she's scheduled her and Giselle Shaw are going to wrestle, um, Jordan Grace and Trinity where Deanna will get beat again. So, um, yeah, that's, <laughs> that, that's not, that's not looking good, but Hey, she had, she had a really good run here. You know, she was champion for a long time. She was tag team champions for a little bit. Um, you know, maybe she's done all she could do, but you know, there's always more stuff you could do. There's more people you could bring in and more feuds you can make. Um, so I don't exactly believe that there's nothing else she could do. There's always something you could do, but, um, she did have a really good run here and, um, hopefully, hopefully she, um, she finds some success in one of the bigger promotions, but I don't think it's going to be in TNA. I think, I think that ship has sailed. So 
Yeah. Goodbye, Deanna Perrazzo. Um, well, lastly, uh, what I want to get to is, uh, you know, they, they had a really fun show this week for, um, with a triple a, it was called ultra clash. Um, I knew there's no storylines. None of the matches were particularly like excellent. They were just fun. Like it was just a, a fun background noise type of TV show. Um, I, uh, I, you know, it much better than IPWF, like, like it's it also it's just another show that doesn't lead to anything there was no you know again no storylines no feuds no title shots no no nothing on the line there were no stakes to any of the matches and they did do a lot of uh they did do a lot of uh, backstage interviews where with the talent building up final resolution so they had that but not really much to it so um i'm going to i'm going to recap it real quick but not much to recap. It just matches happened and people won and they're of no consequence. So, but again, like if you just want to shut your brain off for an hour and a half, it's on the YouTube service. Just, you know, click it and check it out. But there is no singular match that everybody needs to go out of the way to see, which I was a little bit disappointed. in. I thought that they would have, you know, something like four to five stars. Um, but no, they all just kind of just had a fun show uh, in front of a fun crowd that was really loud and and fun to fun to check out so but uh first match was a chris saban and trinity they defeated a uh, dynamico and chic tormenta dynamico and uh, chic tormenta were the rudos and uh the referee was also a rudo he's a real jerk um but um saban and trinity got the victory here um let's see uh at one point trinity tried to do some lucha moves and it just did not work like her and tormenta were not on the same page um, but, uh, Trinity hit a full Nelson bomb, uh, and cradle, uh, to, to end, uh, to defeat chick tormenta. So there you go. Then backstage, Alex, Josh Alexander says that ever since returning, everyone has called him champ, but he lost when given the chance to bound for glory. Thus Alex Shelley is the undisputed champion. And his son was disappointed when he lost, which was a teaching moment for himself because he realized he needed to become the standard of this company. Again, he's coming to Toronto to the face of motor city machine guns with his new partner, Zack Sabre Jr. So that will be the main event of Final Resolution. It'll be Josh Alexander and Zack Sabre Jr. versus the Motor City Machine Guns. So that should be fun. Uh, Mistezzi's uh, Jr. defeated uh, Eddie Edwards and Latigo in a triple threat. Um, Eddie Edwards was the heel in the match. Um, uh, Mistezzi's, I, I liked him. I thought he looked really good. The crowd was super into him. He got the victory over um, uh, Eddie Edwards. So um, I think he beat him with a... Um, a 450 splash so that was a that was that was pretty cool i thought i i actually really enjoyed this match uh, and i thought it was an impressive outing for uh Mistezis. so maybe maybe they'll try to bring him back um they go backstage trey miguel sings a christmas song about kicking mike bailey's ass so tonight um final resolution we got mike bailey and uh trey miguel they had a hell of a match um at against all odds last year i thought it was tremendous so um good 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 stuff um Sexy Star 2 and Jordan Grace defeated Deanna Perrazzo and Maravilla. Uh, this is not the same Sexy Star that injured Rosemary in a match. This is uh, the second Sexy Star. So people uh, people were a little bit confused by that. That Sexy Star ended up going into, I believe, MMA. I think she fought for Combate, Combate Global. Yeah, I think she did because it was on Access. But... Um, yeah, um, this match was this match was okay. Uh, Jordan Grace hit a juggernaut driver on Maravilla to win. 
Um, but um, I, I I did enjoy the match. Um, and then uh, we got Laredo Kid and Tommy Dreamer defeated Black uh, Brian Myers and Black Tarus. Um, Black Tarus takes the L here. Unfortunately, um, hopefully somebody signs this guy because he is just dying a slow death here in uh, here in Impact. But uh, after the match was over, um, Tommy Dreamer, Tummy Old Tummy himself, picked up um, Black Tarus and did a Death Valley Driver to a table. So, um, but there you go. Um, but it, this was a fun match. Um, and then we got Moose and Toxin defeating Josh Alexander and Octagon Jr. Another fun little match. Um, they're keeping uh, the Moose's winning streak since he lost it. Since he lost it at Bound for Glory, they've been letting him win some more, so that's good. He's scheduled to face Rhino tonight on uh, Final Resolution, so I'm getting the feeling that the Moose beats the Rhino. But uh, Moose hit a spear on Octagon and got the victory. Um. Yep, then they have the big announcement that Okada is returning to the TNA Snake Eyes event. And then we get to the main event. Like I said, not much happened during the show, but it was still a fun show to watch. We go to the main event of Vikingo. El Hijo del Vikingo and Motor City Machine Guns defeated Trey Miguel and Los Vipers. Toxin and Latigo are back in action here with Trey Miguel. Um, the baby faces, um, you know, did all their typical babyface stuff. Vikingo landed a crazy dive on a Miguel before he sends Toxin down with a springboard drop kick. Vikingo aims to cave Miguel's chest in with a Viva Mexico overhand chop, leading to a quick chop exchange and then a variety of back and forth. Inseguris Miguel flies, but is caught by Vikingo in a backbreaker setup. Uh, go to sleep. Uh, Vikingo's second rope Phoenix Splash ends, very, ends a very fun episode of Impact. The main event and Triple Threat were both well worth going anyway. So, yeah, um, if there's one thing that you want to check out, it's probably uh, Vikingo making his uh, return to uh, to Impact. So um, I, I thought that was pretty fun. Uh, overall, a, a good show, a fun show. Sorry there wasn't much to recap. <laughs> I typically have way more to talk about. But, um, like, the matches were just kind of there. They were, I mean, they are fun, but they were just kind of there. The, like I said, it doesn't really lead to anything. No matches for Hard to Kill have been announced, and hopefully we'll get some of those tonight after Final Resolution's over. So um, I'll, I'll be checking out Final Resolution, man. Hey, now, it's Brace for Impact, and I'm your host, Mike Gilbert. And uh, as usual with Brace for Impact, I'm going solo on that ass. Talking TNA wrestling, talking about the very last uh, show under the Impact Wrestling umbrella, the Impact Wrestling banner. Uh, as Impact has now uh, becoming, it's official, they're becoming TNA Wrestling starting next month. So the uh, final resolution, man, 2023 is the very last show under the Impact Wrestling umbrella. Um, and it was a good show. It was a fun show. Lots of news to talk about. Uh, lots of stuff to get into. Uh, I think that the the top story, at least the top two things that everybody has been talking about online um, that has created the, the most uh, talk were that the matches for Will Ospreay and Kazuchika Okada have been announced um, for Snake Eyes. The Snake Eyes event, which is the night after Hard to Kill on January 14th on Sunday night, has actually become the bigger show than Hard to Kill, which is pretty incredible. But that's all due to, due to the fact that they're able to bring over New Japan talent. Oh, hold on. Let's get coffee for the working man. But um, so Will Ospreay will be taking on uh, Josh Alexander in the rematch. They had uh, wrestled at the Vegas tapings back in October with Ospreay getting the victory. So Will Ospreay and uh, Josh Alexander, too. Look, they, they teased that that's what they were doing. I get the feeling that that was the deal the whole time. 
Um, Alexander challenged him after the match, and Osprey said that he wanted to be in TNA. I, I very much am a, a believer that this was set the whole time. And then I knew that TNA knew that he was going to AEW. They made him an offer anyway, but they had to know that he was going to AEW. So I think this whole thing has been uh, in the works since they had agreed to bring Osprey to Bound for Glory. I think this was uh, the whole thing. So um, it's cool that they get to bring in Osprey uh, one last time before he heads uh, off to uh, bigger things over there in AEW. Um, now, there are some folks that are upset by this that uh, do not like the matchup because we've already seen it and Josh lost. And they expect that Josh will lose again. I disagree with that. I don't think Josh is losing this match. Uh, I, I think I think that he wins. I, I don't see if, if they're bringing an Osprey to beat Josh one more time. They're and Josh is their top guy. He's not the world champion, but he's their top guy. If they're bringing him in to beat him one more time, then there's like, look, you guys can you you don't have to do it. The money that you're going to get from the ticket sales, which is at this point has not been that great, or the, the revenue that you would generate from putting the video on YouTube and all the other stuff, it's not going to be worth beating Josh again. I, I, I just don't see the point in that. And so um, I, I, th I very much believe that Josh is winning this match. Um, and New Japan is going to be beating Osprey on his way out of New Japan uh, as they send him on his way to AEW starting in February. So um, I don't think anybody will have any objections. I know people think that Tony Khan might try to veto it. If they do try to veto it, you just beat him anyway. You know, do a shoot. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, you know, look, you know, there's ways to, to work around it. That's why my idea was to do a three-way with Saban and then just have, you know, Alexander pin Saban or something, you know, something like that. But um, they're going to do a straight-up match, and I don't think it's going to be any fuckery. I don't think there's going to be any craziness going on. I... I think it's going to be an excellent match. They're going to try to get that five stars as uh, Osprey uh, bids adieu to TNA and bids adieu to uh, all the other places that he works and goes full time with AEW. I, I think I think he's going to go for the five stars and uh, and he might actually get it. Who knows? And um, they have a tremendous match. They tear the house down, and I think Josh wins. Uh, I and not submission. I, I think he, you know, he he wins with the Tiger Driver. Um, or what? What I, the C4 spike? I don't know why I called the tank driver. Um, I and I think it's going to be awesome. So I'm not. I'm not that worried about it at all. Um, I, I like it. I, I think it's going to be great. Now, the uh, the matchup that people are most mad about is um, Okada teaming up with the Motor City Machine Guns to take on Moose, uh, Eddie Edwards, and one Brian Myers. Um, I too was a little bit let down, but I'm not mad about it. And I actually understand the matchup. I know why they're doing it. I totally get it. It makes sense. Um, is it the biggest match that could have possibly made for Okada? No, but I get the feeling that they think they might be able to get another date on Okada. This is the first time they're bringing him in. I don't think it's the last time. I think that the relationship with new Japan is strong. There are rumors out there that Okada is going to WWE. I just don't see it. I don't think he goes there. I don't think he signs with AEW. I don't think he signs with TNA. I think he sticks with uh, New Japan for the long term. And I I think that TNA feels like they're going to be able to bring him back. And hopefully this match that they're going to be doing will launch um, the next match for Okada, that they'll tease whatever that next match is. And whether it be against one of his tag team partners or against one of the opponents, uh, the way I'm cool, as long as it's not Brian Myers. <laughs> and I think that was the thing. And I made the joke about it. It's like, oh, wow. We've been uh, waiting so long uh, to see Okada and Myers, and we're finally getting it. Look, you know, I've watched so many of these crossover shows 
and that that have been happening in the last couple of years you know the the noah new japan crossover and then earlier this year they had the noah new japan and all japan crossover show and uh the multiverse uniteds and forbidden doors and they've had some big matches and but they've also had a lot of matches that are tag team matches and there's always at least one person in the tag team match that's there to take a pin that's brian myers in this match that's that's all it is. it's not that big of a deal it's not like bad booking it's not like oh they had okada and they blew it it's not that they're gonna bring in okada it's gonna be a fun match and he's gonna hit the rainmaker on brian myers myers will be looking up at the lights one two three and it's gonna be fun uh, and it's going to be a good match. And I don't think it'll be the last match. Now, if it comes out that this was the only time they're ever going to get Okada, and this was the best they could do, okay, then that that would frustrate me. But I just think that they're going to get him again, right? And you don't have to have the biggest match ever, every time. You don't, like, you're you're probably going to get him for, for more. So just, you know, let's let's build up to a match, right? You don't have to give the big match right away. It wasn't like Osprey where they, they're like, look, we're only going to get a couple of dates on this guy. So we got to have all these matches with him, like these bucket list matches, because that's what Osprey was doing. He was going through his bucket list of things that he wanted to do on his way out of New Japan. Um, and he was doing it on the Indies, did it in TNA, doing it in New Japan. And so I, it's, that's just not what's happening with Okada. Hopefully there's a long-term play here. I still am a believer that they should put the the title on Okada. I think that's a very unlikely scenario. I, um, but people do get upset when I say that, so I continue to say it. But um, I, I think it's cool, man. Um, it's gonna be it's gonna be fun seeing Okada in a TNA ring, um, and I think that was the whole point is to get Okada back in the fold after being away for so long, so much bad blood, so much ill will, to see that that bridge has been built back up, and they're gonna bring him in. They're going to treat him like a king and they're going to put him over. And what, what would the alternative been? You know, who, who would you rather see him wrestle and then put over? There's some politics at play, not much. I mean, could, could look, could he have beaten speedball? Yeah. Right. Could they have just done Eddie Edwards one-on-one? Of course. Right. Moose one-on-one, of course. But this is what we're getting. And I think it's going to be a good match. Uh, and, and I get it. And look, and they're just going to beat Myers and that's fine. You got a guy there that'll take a pin. No problem. And look, Myers is not a bad wrestler. He's a good wrestler. He's not like anybody that's going to sell any tickets or draw ratings. But they don't have that many of those guys in uh, TNA anyway. So um, we're going to get Okada and we're going to enjoy it. It's going to be fine. It's going to be fun. And I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Um, uh, next. Sorry, this might end up being a quick podcast, guys. Um, but there was only a few stories. Next, uh, Trent Seven, former WWE NXT United Kingdom tag team champion with, uh, I believe it was Tyler Bate was his tag team partner. They're in Mustache Mountain. Uh, Trent Seven, he uh, he debuted. I think this is his Impact debut. I don't think he's ever been an Impact. Somebody might be able to correct me on that. But uh, he debuted with, uh, with Impact. He was the special surprise tag team partner for Speedball Bailey because Speedball was about to take on Trey Miguel. But Miguel brought Wentz out and they did the attack. Um, or they, um, Miguel and Wentz attacked ABC earlier in the night. And um, so instead of having Miguel versus Speedball one-on-one, uh, Santino Morella made it a tag team match. And then he had a surprise um, tag team partner. And it turned out it was Trent Seven. 
after the match was over, I'm going to get into the recap of the show. After the match was over, Scott Demore showed up and uh, signed Trent Seven to a uh, to a deal there. So yeah, he's a good wrestler. He's popular in the UK. He's got some uh, WWE exposure to him. He's very slovenly and unkept. Like he doesn't work out, and you can tell he's like a skinny guy that's fat. Um, and but he makes it work for like like his body type works for him. I mean, it's tough if, if he were like six foot four. You know, people would take him a bit more seriously, but he's like five foot six and out of shape, but he's a good wrestler and people like him. He's got some charisma too. So I, I think this is a good pickup for, uh, for TNA. Um, it's not, a, a, it's not a needle moving pickup. It's not really anything that's going to get them any uh, notoriety, like a ton of fanfare. Uh, he's a very mid card average wrestler. Um, but like I said, he's got some charisma and he's popular in the UK and, I think that uh, TNA really wants to go back to the UK this year and do bigger business than they did last year. So, um, and he's a guy that can help with that. Grizzly Young Vets can help with that. Um, also, th those guys were, were were a pretty big deal over there. So, uh, I think it's smart to sign some of these UK guys because um, UK was once a stronghold for TNA, and I think it could be a stronghold again if they get enough good, you know, UK talent on full time deals. But um, yeah, I, I like the signing. Um, should be should be fun to see Trent Seven. Um, I wonder if they're going to put him in a tag team with Speedball at first. That's what it looked like based on the results. So we'll see. We'll see how that works. Uh, and lastly, the oh no, we got two more. Um, David Penzer. It was uh, actually announced by um, Joel Pearl. Joel Pearl of Fightful was actually in the audience, and. Um, after the show was over, Scott Demore announced that Dave Penzer was finishing up with the company and that, um, and they did, they gave him an award. They talk about his legacy and, and all that. And, um, they did a nice little tribute to him and they sent him on his way. Um, so Dave Penzer, man, he's, he's been with the current regime for, um, I think since that TNA show that they did, the special TNA show where they brought him back and he was on commentary, I think he's been the ring announcer ever since then because that was right before the pandemic and he was like a pandemic hire. So he's been with the company since 2020. But before that, he was like the OG TNA ring announcer. Him and Borash split duties uh, for a long time. And, um, and he is a holdover from the WCW era him and Gary Michael Capetto were like the, the top two guys. Uh, Penzer was younger. He ends up taking over for uh, Capetta. Now, if you listen to the current um, overtime show that's out right now, you'll see, you'll hear that I was a bigger fan of Capetta than I was of uh, David Penzer. Um, but here, let's, um, let's, let's present, let's go to the share screen here and uh, let's, Let's see what Joel Pearl had to say here. Joel Pearl from Fight Voice. That Scott Demore announces that tonight is David Penzer's final night with the company. He brought Penzer to the ring to thank him, share a few stories, present him an award for his years of dedication. But Penzer said he isn't retiring. He wishes everyone the best and thanks everyone for the last three years with uh, with Impact. So, yeah, I wonder what um, what's next for him. I don't see another wrestling promotion picking him up. You know, he is, uh, he's uh, older. Again, he's been doing this a very long time. He's an old WCW holdover. He ended up winning out the job over uh, Capetta um, and was like the top announcer for WCW until they closed. And then he came over with some of those other WCW folks into TNA. And um, and he did he did a good job for a long time, but I think it was 
think it was time for him to ride off into the sunset. I uh, I don't have a problem with uh, with Impact moving on from him. Um, you could tell that he was pretty much done, and he had been done for a little while. Um, but everybody seems to like him. He's a great guy, and uh, you know. But uh, time catches up to all of us. Time gets the best of us, and I think they need some new young energy in promoting. I know that uh, Jade Josh Alexander's wife had been doing some of the. Um, ring announcing on some of the shows and he was kind of training her up a little bit. I wonder if that's where they go. Or I wonder if they bring over Mackenzie Mitchell and have her do the ring announcers ring announcing. I think that she was pretty good. Um, but I don't know that she's ever, you know, been ringside doing the announcing. She's always been kind of a backstage person. Do they move Gia Miller to the, to outside or um, there's lots of different ways they could go. There's good ring announcers out there ready to be signed that are young. And I, and I think, I think that's what this company needs more of like young hip people on the show. And, um, um, but, uh, yeah, David Penzer, man, what a hell of a run. He's, uh, he's completely done with a uh, TNA and he's off to, uh, off to different things, man. And then lastly, Deanna Prazo, um, she took the L tonight. Not only does she, uh, take the L from, um, from, uh, Jordan Grace in a botched finish, but after the match was over, Giselle Shaw uh, hit her with her finish. Um, and uh, Grace had kind of penned a goodbye like picture on Instagram to Deanna Peraza. So, yeah, she's definitely out. Um, kind of goes out on a whimper. That match wasn't all that good. It wasn't a bad match, but it wasn't a great match either. Um, and she got pinned in a botched finish um, there. So I think um, Jordan Grace hit a move, and then Trinity hits another move, and then uh, – Jordan Grace tries to do the roll up, misses it. And Deanna just lays her like a goof and uh, Grace pinned her anyway. <laughs> so what a, what a way to go out. Uh, poor Deanna Praza. You know, I hope she goes somewhere and makes a lot of money and gets a big push and finds happiness um, because uh, TNA has been abusing that poor woman the last six months, beating her every night. And she just took it like a champ. She's a true professional. Good for her. She did business the right way. She did everything she was supposed to do. Hit all of her dates, always had good matches, always was a highlight on the show. Um, and you never really saw her with boo-boo face going out there. Like she kicked ass every time she was out there. So good for her. Uh, and I hope that she gets treated a little bit better at her next spot. Um, now look, and you guys are saying that knowing that I know that she was the top female talent here for most of her run. I just feel like it's weird for six months straight to beat somebody like that, to, to totally erase what they had done before. I, I don't know. I just don't like it. Um, I would have just kept her in competitive matches, had her winning and losing. And, um, you know, I know I just don't agree with beat them for six months straight, you know, a couple matches in a row before they're out. Yeah, sure. But not six months worth of losses. That's ridiculous. Um, like I knew six months ago she was leaving. And I think we all did too. Some of us tried to deny it. Some of us tried to, uh, you know, do some type of reasoning. like, Oh, well maybe, maybe this, maybe this, you know, she was gone the whole time. She was never coming back. And uh, TNA knew, and that's why they beat her so bad. Um, that's all there is to it. Um, but good for her. She had a good run here. Hopefully, uh, hopefully she um, gets gets a big payday wherever she goes next. All right. Well, let's get into the final resolution show. the The very last um, show under the Impact Wrestling banner. Oh, what a run! Um, you know what? Before I get into it, I I started watching um, this company. Um, in depth and covering it in depth starting in 2018. And what pulled me in 
was the podcast that Scott Demore and Don Callis did with Chris Jericho when it was announced that they were taking over as EVPs. I liked their ideas, and I was done with WWE at that point. AEW hadn't been created yet. I was into New Japan. New Japan was probably my favorite, and I really was a big fan of NXT, but I wasn't watching Raw. I wasn't watching SmackDown. I was kind of sick of it. And so I thought they had some good ideas, so I, I gave them a chance. Uh, and I'm glad that I did. And um, uh, really, the 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 pay per view really cemented my, me from. And I haven't missed a, a single pay per view or an episode since, other than like Russell House and stuff. I haven't really missed anything. Um, was Slam Anniversary in 2018, and it was a Sammy Callahan versus Pentagon Junior. I love that match. And then, of course, I believe it was Moose and um, um, Austin Aries in the main event. And and I, I was hooked, and I've been watching ever since. Um, I, I'm always going to have fond memories of the Impact Wrestling era. Impact Wrestling starting in 2017 all the way to 2023, the six-year run um, where they had removed the name TNA and went completely Impact. Um, so lots of lots of highs, lots of lows. Like I was there with in the Pop TV days, and then I was there whenever they were on the Hunting Channel. I was watching on Friday nights on uh, Twitch. I downloaded Twitch and had a Twitch account just because of uh, of, of TNA. Um, I've been a, I was a subscriber to their subscription service for a long time, but um, um, some of my most favorite memories. Look, they had a lot of good talent come through here, um, like Sammy Callahan and Pentagon Junior. Right, Pentagon was the world champion when I first started watching. He beat Austin Aries at Redemption 2018. Of course, and then of course gave it right back, but. Um, you know, Johnny, Johnny impact, um, had a, had a good run here. Brian cage had a good run here. He's off to uh, AEW LAX got their start here on television. Um, the rascals, you know, they're, I know they're back in TNA, but you know, Wesley doing his thing over on NXT. He, he had a, he had a really good run here. Um, Taya Valkyrie got made. I mean, she really like burst onto the scene in triple a. And then of course, Lucha underground, but she had a really, really good run in TNA. Uh, went to WWE, came back, and then now is in AEW doing doing her thing over there. Um, just this talent after talent after talent has come through um, this Impact Wrestling era, and has done so awesome and have done really really um, great things not only here in, in Impact but other places. So um, I'm going to look back on this era fondly. I really enjoyed it. Um, it got me excited to. It got me. I mean, it's really what got me back into podcasting because I saw. That are not enough people were talking about the promotion, so that's why I decided to go ahead and um, throw my uh, put, put some skin in the game. I started some articles um, called Brace for Impact, and then I started the podcast called Brace for Impact, and and here I am doing it all these years later, still doing it, man. And it's all because I just I I had a passion for the product, even as bad there was times where it was really bad, um, and I, but I still you know tried to find the best in it. You guys know that I've been pretty tough on uh, Impact at times um, because I always felt like they were they they miss, they would miss out on big moments where there was like an opportunity for them to to succeed and they just wouldn't capitalize on it. Um, and that's kind of been the story of my fandom. It's like they're this little engine that could. I put tons of hope in them. They don't capitalize, but they I still come back anyway. Because um, then once after a while, I think during the pandemic, I realized. This is just what they are. They're 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 not trying to be one of the big promotions. They're not trying to compete with them. They're just happy doing their own thing on their own network, um, being kind of a smaller time thing. 
Um, even with this new rebrand to TNA, they've made big offers to other people, but I think they're fine not being one of these big um, competitive promotions, right? Not getting into these huge bidding wars and all this and that and being um, being susceptible to being canceled by their by their TV network and all that stuff. So, um, yeah, what, what a really good run. Um, but let's get to final resolutions. I actually watched the countdown show because I had my family was gone today. I've been recovering from surgery, so I was laid up on the couch. Uh, opening match on the countdown, PCO defeated Jesse V. Jesse V is a big hoss. He is a local independent Toronto guy, which is going to be kind of a theme of the night. And that's kind of like the people that were within driving distance and local guys and girls were the ones they brought in for these shows or for this show specifically. But he's a big hoss. I saw a couple years ago, he had a, um, a pretty good match with Jake something in a promotion called Super Kicked. So he's got some size, got some skills, got some talent. Maybe it's a guy that we see down the road with this company, uh, with this company, but um, they, you know, this was all about getting PCO over. Um, uh, Jesse V took the L here. Clutch Jesse on Twitter backstage. Jake something says he's uh, here to take out Jason Hodge for the final live show of the impact wrestling era before Hodge jumped him with a chair. Hanfin hyped up the switch to TNA plus and the inclusion of all major temple events being included for the championship tier level members ray walt says that these two are always available for impact when needed and thus they're being rewarded here and jack price defeated aiden prince yeah so these are local independent guys i think jack price is a, a gut check guy aiden prince has been around for a while anytime they go to canada they bring aiden prince in i think he's a scott demore trainee uh, i thought they had a pretty good match here um i'd like to if these guys are going to make it one day then you know because they're small they might want to get in shape um, it's going to be tough for them to be out of shape and be cruiserweights. Um, it's going to be tough to make money there. But uh, Jack Price uh, ran wild with a blend of an overhand and knife edge chops that landed hard before hitting a flatliner of his own. Price poked the eye en route to hitting a double knee gut, uh, gut buster for the win. And his first win to impact. Yeah. So his very first win. I wonder if he's getting a title shot. Hold on. Swing of coffee. Backstage, Jordan Grace and Trinity met with Jay Miller. This was brutal, by the way. I, these guys are not, these girls are not good in these skits. They got to stop They're I'm sure they're very nice people, but skits, not their strong suit. I don't even want to talk about it. Kazarian defeated Sheldon Jean. Uh, this was not much to it. Much to this match. Um, Kazlan had a springboard leg drop, um, and then hit his cross, uh, cross face chicken wing for the, the tap out here on Sheldon Jean. Um, then we go to the opening contest of the main show. We had the ABC defeating Eddie Edwards and Brian Myers to retain a, uh, the tag team titles in what was a good match. Um, I, I enjoyed it. Not much to it, but Ace and Bay are so damn good. They're just really, really good. Uh, Austin tagged in and landed a back-and-forth black mass kick before a springboard tornado kick on Edwards got it to two. Austin called for the one-two sweet. Uh, and Edwards cradled him for two before getting two and a half off a of blue thunder bomb on the floor. Bay is set down hard with a spear from Myers. Edwards landed a backpack stunner before HBK before an HBK flying elbow got two for the, for Myers and HBK didn't show up on this. He was on NXT. Uh, that was tremendous near fall says uh, Jeremy peoples. Bay prevented a double suplex and an Austin low bridge to Edwards to the floor. Austin stopped Myers for two, the, the one, two sweet hits and the champs retain. Hannafin said that 2024 is going to be TNABC era. And then at that moment, the Rascals jumped him. 
um, from behind, uh, Trey Miguel and uh, Zachary Wentz. So we're setting up a tag title match there. Uh, the, the Rascals are the former champs. They have not gotten their rematch yet. Um, I think they get it a hard to kill and maybe add another team to that mix. Uh, then we go to Josh Alexander and Zach Sabre Jr. in the backstage. And uh, Alexander says he's coming to beat the company's greatest tag team ever. And Zach Sabre Jr. said it's about time um, that he gets to be to come to impact. He said the guns are one of the best teams ever. He'll take out the supposed greatest wrestler in Shelly uh, before saying that everyone here has a title, but Alexander. So they'll have to work on getting him a title too. Um, and so they go back to the ring and then Alicia gets, hits the mic, says she can't understand everybody's stupid accents. So that's her new gimmick. Um, said that they're not leaving the ring. And then Santino makes a match between her and Jody Th threat. This took way too long, and to set up only a Jody Threat match was gross. Jody Threat's awesome, don't get me wrong, and I thought they had a fine match, but I was thinking we were going to get like some big surprise, and it turns out it's just Jody Threat. But uh, Jody Threat uh, wins. So there you go. Um, and then we go to Tommy Dreamer defeated Diener. Um, match was not good. Honestly, halfway through the match, I had to change it. Um, my my wife and kid came home, so I paused it, and uh, we watched something else for a little while, and I just never went back and finished it. But uh, honestly, when they walked in and then Dreamer was there doing his thing, it was just kind of embarrassing. So, um, <laughs> But um, backstage, the Rascals say that Hard to Kill will be the rebirth alongside the rebirth of TNA. Santino makes an impromptu tag match with them, facing Mike Bailey and a mystery partner. Um, so then a Trent Seven comes out, um, and as Bailey's – tag team partner and i gotta say this match was awesome bailey and seven defeated the rascals i thought trent seven looked great here bailey looked great started the rascals rascals were fantastic um and i think that we're probably going to get a three-way at hard to kill with uh i think they called them speedball mountain i think that was the name of the team but um i th i think it's going to be uh them so um, them, the Rascals, and the ABC. I don't know. I, that hasn't been announced. It's just based off of the booking, it would make sense. So Bailey ran wild with kicks and got a standing shooting star for her two. Seven tagged in and ran wild with chops on once before getting a big single arm powerbomb out of the corner. Bailey sent Miguel into orbit with an apron pump kick before seven ate a German after wanting a burning after wanting a burning hammer. Wentz had a double stop on seven before a seamless dive to Bailey. The ABC came down, opening a, the door to Bailey to a Bailey dive. Trent's burning hammer set up the ultimate weapon for the for the win for a speedball mountain, and then of course Scott Demore came down and uh, signed Trent Seven to a deal officially. So one of these days I want like Demore to come down, have a contract, and then the talent turn it down and just show up on Raw. That would be hilarious. Um, nobody else would think that's funny, but me. I'm a sick person. Backstage. The Motor City Machine Guns talked about how great Josh Alexander and Zach Sabre Jr. are. Alexander having the longest run with the Impact World title, given his long history, tells you all you need to know. Well, Zach Sabre Jr. is the best technical wrestler in the world. Um, however, Shelley argues that they hold the gold and Impact and thus are the best. Jason Ouch comes out and says he took something. He took out Jake something earlier, but Jake something came out, and then Jake something beat the shit out of Hodge. Um, this was a, a, an okay match. Next, we got a Moose defeating Rhino. Rhino in our the year of our Lord 2023. Um, uh, early on, Moose got uh, disqualified for hitting him low, and then uh, Rhino grabbed the mic and said, "Let's have a street fight." Uh, they did a double ref bump, um, and then Moose got the. Um, at one point, 
Rhino gored the referee through the table because Moose uh, yanked the <laughs> yanked the referee in front of him, and then um, Moose hit his own spear, the lights out spear, and got the victory there. Backstage, Kazarian says that he bet on himself, and he does not he did not want to be a part of someone's vanity project. Shots fired at Tony Khan. Says that for 20 years he's done a lot, but he hasn't done it all, and he hasn't won a world title. So he's going to make 2024 the year that he wins it. I doubt that happens, bud. Sorry. Jordan Grace and Trinity defeat Giselle Shaw and uh, Diana Prazo. This match was okay. Um, it was fine, but look, the the botch finish at the end was uh, kind of weird. So Trinity started the Gato clutch before Grace loses her grip on the jackknife pin for the win. Yeah, Prazo and Shaw got the shake after match, but uh, go to shake after match, but Shaw attacks with a full Nelson Irish curse backbreaker on this, uh, and then a snap flatliner. Backstage, Jim Miller talked about Moose's uh, shot at the world title and gaining momentum. Moose said that it's the last night for Impact, and tonight begins a new era for himself because he's the wrestling god. He's Mr. Impact Wrestling and the five-star athlete, uh, and he will be replaced by Moose, the new TNA world champion. And then the big announcements made that Okada and Machine Guns will face Eddie Edwards, Moose, and Brian Myers at Snake Eyes. And then we get to the main event. Josh Alexander and Zack Sabre Jr. defeat the Motor City Machine Guns. Josh Alexander got the C4 spike on Chris Saban for the victory. Um, let's go to the end here. I loved this match. I don't want to go through the whole thing because it was a long match. Lots happened. Great, great action. Uh, I do got to say before we close that um, I this little studio that they're in, part of the Battle Arts Academy, the Dan Koloff Arena, was a was it nice they've they've ran here plenty of times before the production was good the lighting was good i and the crowd was great i don't know why they didn't just record here for the last couple of months and just do like studio shows to close out the impact era why they you know you know i like the mexico show i like the uk shows and i'm glad that they did them but why they had to take so many weeks off <laughs> like like they took thanksgiving off and then they did russell how or uh IPWF and and then uh, now they're not doing any episodes the rest of this month. I'd like they could have just done a couple of tapings here, and uh, had some new stuff. But look, they're taking the rest of the month off, so it is what it is. But Shelly locked on a dragon suplex to save Saban, but locked in uh, got locked into an Alexander ankle lock for his troubles. Um, and this is from Jeremy People. Is a good lord. This has been a fantastic match and a very good show. Bell to Bell. Zach Saber Jr. locked on the European clutch for what should have been a three, but it was only two point nine before a clothesline from Hell, Michigan, and they uh, double-team Alexander to gain an edge. The Guns wanted the double-team sliced bread before Zach Sabre Jr. locks on an armbar. Alexander got an ankle lock, this time on Saban. Alexander hits a C4 spike to win the match. Easily one of the best tag-team matches in the history of TNA Impact. And it'll set up a few things, possibly um, Alexander um, getting a shot at the X title. Um, that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking we get Alexander versus Saban at Hard to Kill. Alexander pins Saban. Um, winning the X Division Championship, and then he defends it against uh, Will Ospreay and then retains it there. That's my guess. That is my guess. I don't know. After the show is over, they run the video of the uh, Josh Alexander versus Will Ospreay announcement. So I'm guessing uh, Alexander pins Saban and Hard to Kill, defends the title against Will Ospreay at Snake Eyes. Um, could, I could be completely off, could be completely wrong, but that's what I'm thinking is happening there. Um, but overall, I, I thought it was a fun show from uh, start to finish. A couple of really good matches that I feel like if they get released on YouTube, you should go out of your way to check them out, uh, including um, the uh, ABC versus Myers and Edwards was pretty good. 
um, the Rascals versus uh, Speedball and Trent Seven. Then, of course, Zack Sabre Jr. and Josh Alexander versus the Motor City Machine Guns, which was an insanely really good match, like well above four stars. So everybody go check that out. Uh, we're going to a, put a bow on the end of the Impact Wrestling era. Um, what a fun six years it's been, but I'm looking forward to the new TNA era starting uh, next month in January. So for this show, for this podcast, the rest of the year, as news breaks, I will try to do some recording. Um, but they don't really have any new material to cover through the end of the year. So I think I want to do a Joker Sting episode. Um, I'm going to re-release our Christmas show. And uh, and then just as news breaks that's revolving around TNA, I'm just going to just hit the recorder and then get that out for everybody on Patreon. So the show's not going away completely. It's probably not going to be as routine as it has been. But once uh, once TNA comes back in the middle of next month, um, back in full force, uh, full force on Patreon, um, full force on YouTube, cranking out the TNA content. Um, I'm looking forward to it. Um, so stay tuned uh, for the rest of the month. I'll be having just some special episodes, um, probably watching some classic stuff and uh, doing some recaps there and just talking about whatever news comes down the pike. But uh, but yeah, hey, that's going to do it for me, everybody. And I really do appreciate you guys being right here on the Patreon taking your time out to listen to me do my rambling and my rants and talking about TNA. Um, I love this product and uh, I love this podcast. And so I really do appreciate everybody's love and support, but until next time, mahalo. Hi, I'm Case Lowe, co-host of the Open the Voice Gate podcast. The one question I'm constantly asked when it comes to Dragon Gate is how do I get into the promotion? Well, stop asking and start listening to the Open the Voice Gate podcast released every Wednesday on the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. For exclusive news and show reviews, look no further than the leader in Dragon Gate coverage, Open the Voice Gate.